defeated by his dress shirt. <laughs> Holding that belt up. Oh! MJF just get... He lost his composure. He d I'm telling you right now, those things, they have to hurt. Right? Yes, they, do. they have to hurt, but he's not giving MJF the satisfaction. I don't know how bad it hurts. That's exactly right. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's fire! <laughs> <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Wednesday, you know what that means. Top Wrestling's here. We're here to bring you some top news, top upcoming stuff for AEW this weekend with Double or Nothing. We got some bringing to the table. We even have a top topic this week, and we're going to be talking finishing them off. Finish him! Finishing moves, which is going to be kind of a debatable topic, I'm sure, going back and forth. Kind of as always, as we always say, one can go to the other. I think we're just going to say from now on it's not really at the list that matters uh, in the order, but just that they made the list. All right, anyway, because I, I, I'm i having a conversation to myself. It seems weird that I'm having this, right? But it's because I'm watching ODM just shake his head. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. <laughs> you you talking about the top topic for a second. I thought you were watching Sunny Side Up again. <laughs> I like the scrambled version. <laughs> hey, man, I know. Hey, the Bills may not be playing, but it doesn't mean we can't hit the music. Yeah, man, Amherst, Rochester Amherst, minor league team, uh, farm team for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, lighten it up in the playoffs. They just uh, went to uh, game five and eliminated the best team in the AHL, the number one team. Uh, and they're on a fucking roll, man. They're going to be back in Rochester on Wednesday for game three of the next round. So looking forward to going to that. Uh, crazy times, man. Crazy times. We got we got hockey and baseball going on at the same time in the Rock. So good times. Man, I have not been to an Amherst game in a minute, but the last time I did go was a playoff game. Dude, 
we went to a game earlier this season and I've never been to a game like this. Uh, you know, we, you know, I like slap shot, you know, we referenced it. We did it as a movie of the week once I oh, think or, or something we did it for the quotes. Yeah. And, yep. uh, dude, it was like being in slap shot, the movie, there had to be half a dozen fights and the Amherst were just beating the shit out of them. And by the time the Amherst scored their seventh goal of the game, and I think it was like their fifth power play goal of the game, the goalie had had enough. And after he got lit up and saw it went in, he just dropped the shit and went after the guy that scored it and started beating the shit out of him. It was fucking very insane. And if you haven't watched Slapshot, we'll at least say it's very Happy Gilmore style then, how he likes to just get in there and fight. Um, sellout crowd? Uh, or for from what the playoff it like? games, for the playoff games, yes, yes, awesome. So man, it's... That, you know, small place packed, everybody hype. Yeah, yeah, good shit. It's kind of like when I was at Revenge of the Taker. I was there. It was a pretty sellout crowd. All right, anyway, hey man, he's black. So we are. I... <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of, this one is for you, ODM. Hey folks, I'm Nightwing. I'm black. I just had to let you know. Now, right now, you're probably like, I have no idea what that is, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> we tried to have this done in advance, but you'll be laughing when you hear it right now. You'll, you'll, you, right now, you'll be laughing in real life if you're listening to this. But <laughs> unfortunately, it was something that Nightwing and I put together. But why you were shaking your head, I'm sure, at, at the top topic is because I today was putting all the notes in and I could see your cursor at the same time as mine. And I was like, he's looking at this top topic right now. And I could see where it was. And we're, and I go, he's judging me right now. God damn it, he's judging this list. Yeah. Hey, 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 not, not, not to tip my hand, not to tip my hand. You know, I hate to look ahead too much and too early. But you brought it up, so I might as well bring it up. I was judging you so much. I made my own list. We're comparing. Oh, <laughs> oh, I put in the. Are you going twenty five or twenty five? We'll go. Who's here? Who's here? Because I think that'd be perfect. I got. I think I have the same amount of HMs as you, and uh, one through twenty five. Yep. All right, that'll be great. Um, you know, I, I there's one piece of news that I gotta. It's, it's kind of like right there, right? We, one hand didn't know what the other hand was doing, right? There you go. We might as well work for WWE. Um, this isn't in the news, but this is one of the funniest things that I read this past week. WWE creative left confused after Money in the Bank promo, not knowing what to do heading towards Money in the Bank. <laughs> well, that sounds about right. Par for the course. Because what we talked about, Cody saying the winner gets to headline WrestleMania. Well, right. hey, maybe they do. Maybe if you win the title and you're there by then, which can be, right? But it was a very open-ended way that he said it. But it's funny that a commercial, all the creative were like, did you see that goddamn commercial last night? Yeah, man. Are we supposed to be doing something with that? I don't know. Let's go ask Stephanie. Oh. Wow. Oh, too soon? <laughs> Is that in the news? Yeah, that's in the news. That's in the news. We'll get there. All right. Let, let's talk news. Go ahead. Well, let's start with uh, the first piece of news, which will kick off our newest segment. What did we miss? <laughs> Because every time we <laughs> what record... What did we miss last week? <laughs> when the show every, dropped. Yep. Every time we finish recording, it's apparently Monday evening is when the news starts dropping. Uh, it happened with WrestleMania getting canceled from being a live show during COVID. It's happened with multiple things. And it happened this week, too. It even happened with the Jim Cornette uh, drive-thru, 
where the show ended. Yep. And I'm like, there's still 20 minutes in this episode. What the hell? Why are they playing the outro music? It's because they re-recorded just to talk about this news. So I'm going to read the headline. I've got a shit ton of notes. I want to get through them real quick and then free for all. Yep. Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out on Raw. They had to rewrite everything last minute. Here come all the notes. <clears throat> Uh, Sasha Banks was supposed to be involved in a six-pack challenge with Becky Lynch, Naomi, Asuka, Dewdrop, and Nikki Ash. Uh, Fightful Select reported uh, that Sasha Banks had a meeting with Vince McMahon, uh, voiced her displeasure with the overall booking, and neither budged. Uh, both Sasha and Naomi uh, had suitcases in hand like an hour before the show, put their tag title belt on Johnny Ace's desk, and left the building. Uh, WWE released a statement. When Sasha Banks, uh, sorry, quote, when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relation John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag, tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show, pal, whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to Who wrote this? Sean Waltman? <laughs> and has had for... <laughs> I heard the pal! I'm just... <laughs> the, the, the main event to tonight's Raw was reportedly changed after Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of tonight's show. Uh, the initial plans, that was an end quote there, uh, initial plans was for them to be involved in a six-pack challenge. Uh, it would crown a number one contender, uh, but it was changed to a singles contest between Lynch and Asuka. Uh, Fightful Select reported that Naomi was scheduled to win the six-pack challenge. That would have been built to ensure Naomi and Sasha didn't interact in the encounter with Nikki Ass, who also would have been involved with Dewdrop. Um... Let's see, WWE statement claimed Banks and Naomi were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, but Fightful reported that Naomi and Banks didn't say that. Uh, or well, well, they said they didn't say they were uncomfortable working with Lynch or Asuka. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I feel like the one I'd be the most uncomfortable with would be Lynch, <laughs> to be honest with you. Right. Uh, Banks and Naomi said they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. Uh, this was the crux of their unhappiness. Um it sounded like uh, Banks and Naomi's issues were largely concerned about the direction of their tag team and the division as a whole. Uh, let's see here. Uh, tag team reportedly pitched to face uh, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop at Hell of a Cell. Their idea was rejected. Uh, another pitch uh, was also turned down. Uh, Meltzer is reporting that there might be some issues with their contracts. Um, so some of it was building up in the past, it sounds like. Uh, the last two things they did acknowledge is on Raw. Uh, Michael Cole said, quote, their actions disappointed millions of WWE fans and their fellow superstars. So because of what Sasha and Naomi did this past Monday night, they have been suspended indefinitely, and we will have a future tournament to crown the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, end quote. Uh, and the last I thing can't tell I you how I... much I didn't want to. I, I wanted Cole when he's like, they've disappointed the millions of their fans, the WWE. I really wanted to go in me personally. Because <laughs> yeah, right. he was so, so serious when cutting the promo. And he'd be like, and to be honest with you, I am disappointed in you guys. <laughs> the last bit of news, the last piece is, uh, and I verified this right before we started recording. Uh, if you go to the WWE shop online, you will not find Sasha Banks or Naomi. Uh, anything on their website? They're not even. On they're the not even hawking page. it at twenty five cents. <laughs> they're putting it in the warehouse. 
So yeah, man. It's uh Oh my yeah. god. I got it. I got it. I already know what they're doing. Give it a week or two. You know why they 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 pulled the merchandise? You can still sell that exact same merchandise. You own the rights to the names Sasha Banks and Naomi. They're Trinity and, you know, whatever, right? Mercedes, I think, is her name, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right? Correcto. It's Diesel and Razor 2.0. Next week, please oh. give me Naomi and Sasha. Someone comes out, same shit, all of it. A new boss. Oh, my God. Please. A new glow. <laughs> okay. Um. You have more to add? I don't want to. If you have no, you wanna, I, I the one thing or more that I did not put in tweets here was, or news. Yeah, I did not pull out any tweets or anything. I, I was kind of banking on you for for that. Like I said, there was a lot Only going on. One person that I didn't care. All right, Dax Harwood uh, put up a picture of him and Sasha hugging or something like that, and he said, "Got your back forever," something like that. You know what I mean? And. Zack Ryder wrote, man, if I had got mad when I got pushed off the stage in a wheelchair and blah, 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 blah. And Punk responded to it being like, and what if you did? You could have made the difference in your career instead of being a jackass who did get thrown off the fucking stage. By the way, none of that is fucking verbatim at all. (laughs) The one I do have that is actually, uh, I'm going to pull it up right here off my phone, is Punk responded to a tweet from... I can't remember who it was. He Oh, he just sent a public message. Here it is. It doesn't matter. And this is to the uh to the the boys and girls in the back. This is what he's getting at and I I find this to be probably the most important tweet not because I'm a, a punk fan, but I'm talking about a guy who did walk out. And it's funny people are like uh Vince didn't give in to Warrior. He didn't give in to Austin. Right when they walked out. Didn't give in to Punk. What makes you think he's going to give in to you people? But did Austin come back? Yep. Did, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, not Punk come back. But my point is that did Punk end up happier than he was in WWE? Yes. Now, here's what Punk wrote, and I found this to be very intriguing. It doesn't matter if your opinion of your coworker is positive or negative. Stand with them. Because... They'll do the same thing to you, and you'll wish someone helped. Trust me, you're expendable. Together, you're unstoppable. It's true. You, yeah. You have to see that you're a spoke on the wheel. Not to use another term from Punk's uh, pipe bomb promo, but the the ship's going to keep sailing, man. The show will go on whether you are there or not. So if you're not happy with your shit, you know what I mean? Like, you have to stand up for yourself. Don't just be there and happy because you have a contract. Now, on the devil's advocate side, they were not happy that their the direction with their tag titles not being taken seriously. Ladies, have you seen any of the previous tag champs before you? No one has been taken seriously. Shotzi and Ember, I think, at one point you had uh, Candace. No, those were the NXT. Those were the NXT ones. Uh, it was. Uh, wasn't it Shotzi and was it Liv or yeah, maybe, but then we also had Rhea and Ash. You had, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Shayna Baszler. I mean, it, it's just been nothing. It's yeah. not like you have an actual, an actual tag team. The last time they were decent was Sasha and Bailey. I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty much. 
And maybe it's because there was no crowd at that time. If you remember, that was a pandemic, and it was it was them able to just shine with character. Yeah, but it's funny because as soon as this shit started pouring in, we got a bloodshed of the week from Nightwing with a text <laughs> to us, and he goes, "This could be a good chance to bring Naomi over to the Bloodline." You know, I'm like, "God <laughs> damn it, dude, no!" <laughs> It's over. That ship has sailed, and like I said, man, it was a good idea a year ago. It took them right. way too long. Yo, the best tweet. Yo, you take Naomi off. If Naomi quits, who's driving Jay? <laughs> <laughs> and then cold. another one I saw that followed up to that said, yo, don't be on the road tonight. Jay doesn't have a DD. <laughs> it's fucked up. It All is right, fucked up. Anyway. Anyways. All right, well, th- then why are you making fun of it? Anyway, what <laughs> else you got for news? Fun. What else for news? Well, I'll tell you something, man. So much drama in the WWE, it's kind of hard being Triple H and Stephanie. Um, did you work yeah, on that all week? That. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. I was trying to get the, uh, <laughs> I was trying to get the cadence, not only the cadence, but just, you know, uh, the rhythm down. You should have had the pouring, the, ugh. <laughs> 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 Uh, so just about the time that Triple H is coming back to work, Stephanie says, all right, I'm going to bounce now. Uh, she announces a leave of absence being reported as uh, taking time away to focus on her family. Uh, her statement was, quote, as of tomorrow, I am taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus on my family. End quote. It is being reported that Nick Khan will be taking over her duties during her leave of absence. <laughs> That's probably going to work out just fine. No problems whatsoever. I just wanted to all of a sudden be revealed. Just randomly. I want Nick Khan to be like, yeah, I'm Tony's stepbrother. We've been planning this the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did a hell of a job, if that's the case. It's... God, I can't believe Nick Khan's taking over. Seems, and then, yeah. And I, I also read that Triple H's duties have been a little bit different, though, too. Yeah, probably scaled back a little bit. It's definitely, um, you know, uh, HBK's taking a lot of that over now. Uh, so I don't even know what what Triple H is doing now, but it just seems so suspect. I mean, I know with the heart thing, I get it. I, I totally get it. And yeah. like, I'm not gonna put that past anybody. I certainly don't think it's you know, will work or anything like that. Um, but, man, just the way things have been lately, it just seems kind of suspect. Because a while ago we reported they sold some of their shares. And yeah, now, that's true. And now, you know, 8 Triple H was out, and who knows, you know, the extent. Maybe he took more time than he needed just because he wanted to get away, and now Stephanie is. And Nick Khan's got a lot of hands on. There's talks of the sale. So I don't know, man. I have a funny feeling End of one the day year. Out, of, out of the blue. End yeah. of the year. Yeah. AEW, all of a sudden, wrestling has more than one royal family. Ding! Time to play the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. It was fun to talk about, but I don't think that's <laughs> happening. Oh, man. Well, writing's on the wall, man. They're selling. This company's going to sell at some point. It's got to be. Within the next two to five years, WWE will be under the umbrella of some other company it will not be its own entity anymore you know what i mean like it's gonna i really think it's disney (laughs) yeah it definitely seems that way 
All right. Any uh, any fun news? Fun news. That yeah, was a dick thing for me to do. Stuff. I could see the news oh, here. That was an asshole thing. <laughs> that was really mean. Maybe Don't swap worry. the news. <laughs> I would have. Yeah, I would. I would have done it anyway. Uh, uh, so hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, has revealed that his cancer's returned, uh, had his prostate removed last October, uh, and he's going to be setting up radiation treatment soon, uh, eight weeks, five days a week. So, you know, uh, you know, he's been a, a topic of uh, us poking fun on this podcast, but obviously we uh, wish him the best. And, you know, uh, a lot of people probably, you know, I can't appreciate, you know, they just think of the, of the two by four and the hoe and the tape in his crotch and all that shit. Uh, not realizing that, uh, you know, back in the territory days, uh, before he showed up in WWF, he was, uh, he was a big time heel uh, in the territories, yep. you know? So. And to be honest with you, whether you're just like, ah, he was just a quick, whatever hand with the hoe and the, the two by four, but one of the most over guys, man, no matter what, when he came out. Oh yeah. Any time in the 90s, man, the, the crowd went nuts. And, yeah, we, we, we poke fun because of the tape thing. I think that if we're going to poke fun at anybody, that, that's slapping Eric Bischoff <laughs> in the face. You know what I mean? So, right. Nah, I hope I hope that uh, he's able to beat this one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Best of luck, Duggan. Uh, moving on, uh, just a couple more things real quick. Um, did you see the video a few weeks back of Flair training with Jay Lethal in ring? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was preferring to rather watch them in their woo-off instead of seeing them in present day try to wrestle. It it, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. Um, well, apparently that was his training for his comeback match. He is he is coming back for a match. Uh, right now, uh, the rumors are that it's going to be Ric Flair and FTR versus the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky Steamboat. But since that steamboat has come out and he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not unretiring. I'm retired and my health is just fine. Thank you very much. So, but he also said his final match with Jericho at Backlash 2009 is right. how he would rather be remembered. Yep. Damn, Which is funny him, because man. that's a tie-in to our movie for next week. It is, isn't it? That's so it awesome. Is. Because to be honest with you, I was <laughs> I was there uh, at WrestleMania 25 when he was there and Steamboat. And that was Jericho versus Steamboat, Piper, and Snuka. Ten-year-old me was excited inside. You know what I mean? But like... At that time, 25-year-old me was like, this is an abortion of a match. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching Steamboat this. Steamboat No, he did, but, like, Snuka could barely move in the ring. Piper, I mean, he just had, no matter what, it was fucking Piper, so it was cool. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if you guys are wanting to know what next week's movie is, it's a Mickey Rourke movie. It's a, it's nine and a half weeks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a good one. That, that good fridge one. scene. Do, do, do you know Darren or, or, or oh god, I can never say his last name. Darren Orosovsky, uh, same guy that wrote Requiem for a Dream, wrote the wrestler. No shit. Yep. Oh, way to spoil. Makes sense when you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna leave you with the last piece of news. Uh, something about UK NXT 200. Take it, Professor. Yeah. So, uh, they had their NXT UK Championship match between. Ilya Dragunov defending against Jordan Devlin, who we were becoming pretty big fans of when he was in NXT, becoming a cruiserweight champ. But then, man, that was right when the pandemic hit. He had visa issues, and that couldn't come to fruition. He challenged for the title, and it was in a, not only for the title, but it was a loser leaves town match. So maybe we'll be seeing Devlin either on the indie circuit or on... 
uh, WWE TV at some point with a new name because uh, he lost to Dragunov on NXT's 200th episode. Dude, great match. Some awesome headbutt moments. You know Devlin's move is where when you're laying on the ground, he pulls you up by your wrist and he, he pulls you up and then he d- puts you right into a suplex. Does that kind of sound familiar to you, right? Mm-hmm. You're by yeah. pulling by your arm, lifting up. He does that at one moment and Dragunov just pops up and hits him with a headbutt. Oh my God, did I pop. It was an awesome moment. Great match. Just a real hard-hitting match. It reminded me of seeing Dragunov and the Gunther. <laughs> Man, the, yo, here's what's funny. You could come from Impact with a name, and then you go on to NXT, and they're like, we're going to call you LA Knight. Okay, brand new name, fine. Right. And then you go to WWE roster, you're like, but that's not good enough. We're going to change <laughs> it one more time. We're going to clean the money one more time. But wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, God. I can't believe they just keep changing names. All right. But that is my uh, – I wanted to bring that up. If you haven't had the chance, if you have the network, definitely check out NXT UK, the 200th episode. Just a good match. Good stuff. What else you got, man? Is that it for news? Oh, that's right. You that's said that a- was it for news. All right, man. Let's talk <laughs> AEW because I am ready to talk about – what I got some predictions, man. I got some predictions for you, but we got to wait in the predictions. Let's talk about some results. Let's get ourselves there first. Uh, man, we're gonna talk about predictions. We should start putting a column, kind of like you know the blood shits. We should start putting in bad calls. I was like, oh well, they're definitely gonna put the wild card match with Joe at the end of the night. Nope, nope. That was the opening match. Oh, and for you know good what? Reason. Good placement. Thank you very much. People were wondering, is it Claudio? Is it Johnny Gargano? Shit, is it Bray Wyatt? No, 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 no. It's Johnny Elite. <laughs> it was good to see him. It was a good match, but it's definitely not what It was we not a good match. Did well. you see him try to do a 450 splash off the top rope? Oh, where his knees hit the mat first? Knees hit the mat, and he kind of wormed like Scotty too hottie to the rest yeah. of the horrible match. I didn't yeah. care for it. <clears throat> Crowd wasn't in on it. If you watch the video, the pop is tremendous. And they pan to someone in the crowd. One person looks happy. People in the background were like, wait, this is a joke, right? Someone else is coming. Someone else coming up here? Nah, Really? People weren't happy, man. That was a pumped-up sound. That was a WWE move. Yeah, they got to stop doing that shit, man. But guess what? The night got better. I'm sorry. No, it didn't. This night, honestly, maybe one. I got to be honest with you. I've liked some impact. Or some uh, Jesus. That's how good it was. I just called it impact. <laughs> oh, my God. I've seen some great Dynamite episodes, and I've seen some shitty ones. I'm not saying this is a full-blown shit one, but for... The prestige of a tournament for heading into your less than two weeks away from your big summer pay-per-view, wouldn't you want to, or spring, wouldn't you want to maybe, I don't know, put some effort into this shit? Yeah, yeah. There there, there was some really good moments there, but the rest was, it, it, the good points were filler. 
Totally. Um, yeah, the backstage segment where the Hardys are there being interviewed and they're talking about just, I don't know, being a tag team. And then here comes the Young Bucks and just talking shit. And they, 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 they called Matt called the Bucks Hardy Boys cosplayers. Yep. Good. Yep. That's a good line. It was it's a very good line. Go and Jeff, Jeff goes, I'm tired of your Christian as AF crap. That was awesome. Yeah, that no, was really good. Your Christian AFBS. Because I go, yep. wow, that was a lot to put together for me, man. I'm like, I wasn't ready for having to put that <laughs> shit. Uh, but it was good. Um, yep. So it's funny because you texted halfway through the show something about Jericho. And it really had nothing to do with the show. You said Jericho's a new big show with turning. And I wrote, psst. <laughs> I'm not live. And you go, it's fine. It has nothing to do with the show. It's just my opinion. Um, Little John messaged me too. And, and I was like, heads up. I'm not watching. But he did give me a heads up that page versus. Konosuke Takashita. Thank you. I just said it fast. So it sounded like I was saying it right. Yeah. Because Gushu Okada. No, it was a way better match than I anticipated it to be. It was the match of the night. On a, on a night that had Samoa yeah. Joe facing a wild card, Britt Baker facing a wild card, you had Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix. This is the match that stole the show. An Adam Page match stole the show. Hmm. Good. It was really, really the power bomb. Oh, my God. It was, yeah, that was nasty. That was one nasty. of the better power bombs I've seen in years. Yeah. The only thing that I really didn't like about it is because I don't – uh, you know, T- Takashita is obviously an up-and-comer. Dude's got some talent. Dude can go. I've only seen a couple matches. I think that's all he's had so far. But he looks solid. He like he looks like he could be something. Let's get to know him. Let's let's want to see him. Right. Let's let's make it organic. You know that desire to to see him succeed. I just don't like matches like this where you have your world champ and it seemed like it was too back and forth. You know, Takashita shouldn't have had that much of a chance. You see what I'm saying? Yes and no. Yes and no. And why I say that is because in Ring of Honor, back in 2005 or six, but I'm pretty sure it was five, Takeshi Morishima, a, we're talking like the, at this time, was the Japanese Samoa Joe. Same look, build, like the... Joe back then, I mean, Joe's more lean now than he used to be back in the day. Back then, he didn't give a fuck if his gut was big because he could still move and nobody, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying gut like he was fat. I'm right. saying like he was a bigger guy. Morishima was the same kind of build. And he came in and put on such a fucking all-star performance, he ended up being the Ring of Honor world champion. I would, people would shit themselves and be so mad if that's the route that Tony Khan took. But what if this guy just randomly came in one night and did upset as a world champion? You know what I mean? Like, people would be mad, but the performance he put on, I would back him up before I back Adam Page up for another Texas death match. Wow. Yeah, that's a different story altogether. But yeah, you're right. No, but it, it was a but good then, match. Now, you got CM Punk on commentary. Now, what's great is Lil John said, now, this is not giving you giving anything away because the match is beginning. He goes, and he calls it. What do you? What are the odds that Adam Page's GTS will look better than CM Punk's shitty buckshot lariat? Because it's true, it was not a good buckshot lariat. It was okay. Um, the GTS, it looked pretty good. 
It looked really good. The best way to sell it, though, was Punk. I love it. I love it. He he was playing such a heel. He had a mega scar on his forehead. Is that from uh, Revolution? It might be. Damn, that thing is still there. Wow. Head very, wounds don't heal up very nicely. Not if you're old. <laughs> um, CM Punk wore a very choicey shirt for the second time in Texas. Love the guy. I goddamn love him for this reason. Yep. First time in Texas, uh, I think it was the same goddamn thing. It had to do with... No, uh, it, it, I think it was like a picture of a uterus, and it was something like, get your own and then tell me what to do, or some shit like that. Something along right. those lines. Yeah. But this one was abortion rights are human rights. Yeah, or women's rights, I think, is what it said. But yeah, you get the yeah. gist. Good for Good him. Good for you, man. Because yeah. you know what? No way in hell could you do that in WWE. No way oh, in hell, hell no. could you do that in most places. No. To Tony Khan, he's... I hate to use the word because I, I kind of mock it. I think it's a stupid, stupid word, but it's a woke company. I feel that they are very woke compared to... WWE tries to be. I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it was funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, I was thinking about it when I saw the shirt. Um, you know, I'm not one for politics and we're certainly not going to get into politics, but when you think about it, I think if you were to poll the audience, I bet you, you're going to find a lot more liberals love AEW and a lot more conservatives love WWE. It just seems Holy that way. shit! You just made me realize half the comments on Facebook. I think it makes it much more easier now to understand this shit. Yep. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's weird, right? Wow! And those are the same people that shit on Cody Rose when he was in AEW, but now mm-hmm. he's back in WWE. Oh my god! It's the fucking Pfizer shot versus an abortion. Oh my god! We can't talk about <laughs> it. <right now. laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, those two Holy things are not shit. related. <laughs> but you really just broke down, oh my God, so yeah. much. It's it's just kind of, I never really looked at it that way. It's not necessarily to get political, but when you really look at it, you're right. Yeah. It, AEW is the more different. liberal choice in a way. Oh, hell yeah. Because, but they're Good also time. giving you the reason to be. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Wow. I like that, man. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm going to transition into another spot then because it kind of works out. Um, Serena Deeb, towards the end of the night, had a promo and Dustin Rose was out there. And she called out a lot of people, man. But one of the things is she's saying that Dustin is the biggest coach in the back for the women. He's the one that Mm -hmm. pushes, helps train, produce as much as he can to make sure the women get enough time. And, you know, looking at it, they have main event matches. They have multiple segments on the show. They do a great job. I'm actually, we used to shit on their stuff. First year, we were like, wow, this is a horrible yeah, it was, division. Yeah. It's gotten a lot better. It has. It still needs work, but... It needs a lot of work. What, but you know what? What doesn't need work? There's not one perfect promotion going out there these days. Christ, Joey Janela just lit his foot on fire the other day. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a transition. I'm sorry. Joey Janela thought it would be a great idea to put lighter fluid on his foot, light it on fire to give someone a super kick. Problem is, he didn't think about the end game of putting said fire out. Did you see the video? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw the video. Uh, I think that he's forgetting about the old NWA rule where if you light your foot on fire and you need the ref to help you put it out, you automatically lose the match. (laughs) Yup. 
What a dumb twat. Oh my god! Even he's, the bottle the of water was barely putting it out. That was the best yeah. part. I was like, "Burn, burn, <laughs> burn!" You see... dollar store John Moxley, you. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah right. It is uh, you you said it. It sums him up in one video almost as much as his almost fight with Enzo at like some concert in New Jersey. Oh I'd love to see those two have a straight up boxing match. It would be such a shit show. Uh, but and hopefully they would knock each other out simultaneously. See, but I'd rather see Enzo and Gotch, and because the reason oh, well, that I say be that fun, is because you know Gotch would just beat the shit out of him. You say that, but man, Enzo, did you see his recent interview? He goes, he's only famous for one thing: knocking me out. That's the only thing he's ever done. You're welcome. Not gonna lie, I mean, Gotch is out there still hitting promotions, doing shit. But if you ask people where Simon Gotch, where's Enzo, people may actually be able to tell you where Enzo is before they tell you where Simon is. Yeah, well, that's part of our society. That's a different story altogether. You know, wow. We're going to have to have a political version of this episode one day anyway. <laughs> um, so up next we get Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeating the Workhorsemen. Great name, but J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. How about you give it to a good set of actual Workhorsemen? I would actually rather that name for FTR. Anyway. Yeah, right. Which leads to... Uh, Starks and Hobbs coming out. Everybody, oh, because Lee goes, that just put us in the top five ranking. I actually don't like it was, Keith Lee on it, the mic. It was it was on the Chiron when they came down. <laughs> it already said they were in the top five. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. I, <laughs> but then Hobbs and Starks come down, and then... Jungle Express comes out, and Christian says, we'll do the challenging. We'll take on you guys in a triple threat tag team title match at Double or Nothing. Do you remember what the last tag team title match was at a pay-per-view at Revolution? A triple threat tag team title match between the Bucks, Red Dragon, and Jurassic Express. We're about to have it again. I'm just realizing that. I'm like, wow. First, I was like, I'd actually rather see the acclaimed in there. But Anthony Bones is out with uh, surgery, which sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm such a big fan of them. I got to be honest with They're you. They're awesome. This, he's a great hype man. Oh, he's he's awesome. And Max Caster with his raps. I mean, come on. But it's tremendous that at the end of this segment, so many great tag teams in this division here in AEW. And this is what we're doing for our tag team title match. You got the Hardys, you got the Bucks, you got Red Dragon, you got Lucha Brothers, you even have House of Black and all the different ways you could do things. All these different teams. And this is the six that you are going to give us at Double or Nothing. I don't care about any of it. However, have we talked about Christian Cage turning at all? Yeah, we've brought it up. He's going to. You can tell. He keeps giving it and he's, he's going to turn on Jungle Boy sure. first. He's going to take him out. 100%. Especially because it, he had that look after he lost in the FTW ta- uh, championship match. But then also we have a triple threat match happening tonight. It's leading towards it. He keeps putting Jungle Boy in matches. And it's funny because he was... Remember Marco Stunt used to be a part of that group? Now all of a sudden Christian Cage is the Marco Stunt. <laughs> Who? 
That was good. I like that. Okay, maybe a little bit better than Marco's stunt, but yeah. I mean, but my point is that they outwork everyone. You're outmanaging. That's what you're doing. Yeah, Just found that yeah. odd. Outwear street clothes. Moment of the night. Whew. Wait, I'm sorry. We got to back up. Holy shit. We got on uh, the Dustin thing, and and I, I and we were talking about the women's division, and I didn't finish what Deeb said. Deeb said she had implants put in to appease some perverts. Some perverted you know? old men. Yup. Perverted old men. And what's crazy is that when I saw her later on in life, like recently, I'm like, is she sick looking? Something's weird. No. She lost her boobs. That's what it was. And when she was in WWE back in the uh, Straight Edge Society, her boobs were past like her feet, you know what I'm saying? Like they were out there, gone. Yep. Now she looks totally different. I didn't realize, obviously you realize it, but she did it to appease, right? Because that's what it takes to get noticed. And she even shaved her head for that goddamn group. And they, they fired her because she had a beer in real life because she wasn't following the straight edge society thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Now we're worrying about kayfabe. I know. Right. Yeah. That died a long time before that. It was a pretty good promo, man. So, I'm sorry. I had to go back on that real quick um, because I had to talk about how shitty the tag team division was about to be there. But, moment of the night. You know, you and I haven't really mentioned that they went the entire MJF Cody Rose feud, and they're like, well, let's just insert Wardlow's name in there, and we'll do the same thing. We'll give him the lashings, we'll give him the cage match, and then the match. Yep. That's exactly what is happening. Except this time, what you thought the the lashings were going to be, you thought it would be kind of like what Cody did, where Cody was laying down, crying, taking the hits. Hey, that was a good dramatic thing. It was awesome. Brandy was there. Everybody was there pumping him up, take the hit. It was awesome. Wardlow no-selling three straight lashings in a row and just smiling into MJF losing his fucking mind and wasting another five, I think. In a uh, four, row. F- four or five, and Spears had to pull him off. He's like, no, no, you're wasting him. You're wasting him. <laughs> and MJF going, I hate you. I hate you. That I know was, it hurts. I hate you. That was the moment of the night. Him. Because. Sco- oh, it was so good. You would lose your mind. That is what you would do. You thought you had the upper hand, and you could whip someone and beat them down, and they didn't get mad, and you're like, oh, my God. You would lose your mind and just start beating the shit out of him and wasting all your whips. You'd be like, I got to do it all at once. He did wince on the ninth one from Spears. From Spears, yeah. And I'm not sure if it was planned or if it was, you know what I mean? Because they go, oh, that one got him. And he finally turns and looks and says one more. But I'm not sure if it was because he hit a soft spot that was already whipped before or if he was, you know what I'm saying? Because he didn't move for the first eight. Right. (laughs) You do that with a belt on my arm and tell me you're going to give me $100 if I don't wince. Let's not even do it, man. I'm not going to get $100 today. Right. Good moment. But then right before the 10th shot, kick to the dick and then the whippings. It was yep. awesome. It was good. Um, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Ray Phoenix, which I'm okay with. Because the winner yes, is going on surprising. to face Samoa Joe. But 
Now I don't know. Is it... I said that... I And I was wrong. I said Cesaro or whoever was going to come in, Lethal was going to screw them over, or screw Joe over, and that person would go on. Once I saw it was Johnny Elite, I was like, thank God Joe went over on this one. Yeah. I'd have been really mad if Morrison came in and won that. I would have been really, really pissed off. Uh, I would have been right there with you. Yeah. So is it Joe versus O'Reilly? Or, or I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. Is it uh, Adam Cole versus Joe or Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly? And before we get to that exact thing, you got O'Reilly and Adam Cole reigniting a NXT thing. Or a pretty big first time ever match with Cole and Joe. I think that's the route you go. You could definitely play okay. off the whole O'Reilly uh, and uh, Adam Cole thing, but I think Joe versus Cole and, you know, because I think you're going to see Joe's size. I don't know, man, but the problem with that is, I mean, I feel like Cole's been so exposed lately with his size or lack thereof mm-hmm. that this, this might do more damage. I heard that they, that they have two titles that they're introducing at this pay-per-view. Oh God. It's titles for the Owen for, Hart. Yeah. Pink yeah. and black. Yeah. And they're going to be carrying him around for a year. I'm like, well, at least if you carry it once or twice, it's better than Strowman did with that greatest Royal Rumble title. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's forget all about that one. He's still undefeated. Uh, yeah, listen, the O'Reilly Phoenix match was pretty good. Uh, there definitely were some spots where it was like they it was definitely the whole. All right. Like, like you're obviously, like you're obviously choreographing. Okay, we know you're choreographing, but like this isn't like yeah, it's cool and it gets a pop. But it was just like, oh, you guys were having a good match. You didn't need to do this. I don't remember the exact I agree. spots, but yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> I just found when I went. I agree. I just recently watched Victory Road, the Sting, Jeff Hardy match, and they uh-huh. his Sting looking at the crowd. I agree. I agree. But I saw a very, very funny meme the other day. It was showing gas prices. Riddle was regular. Uh, RVD was super. And Diesel was Jeff Hardy at Victory Road. (laughs) Cold-blooded. Nice. Um, You called it. The same as John Moxley called it about the the stadium stampede match. Yep. I feel like it's not a prediction. It should really go in there. But as soon as you said it, it's I go, a spoiler. Oh, oh, ODM said that one. Because it's true. As soon as Jericho started alluding to that it was going to be a stadium stampede match, Moxley, no, 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 no. I ain't doing that stupid shit. <laughs> but then also gave a nod. Hey, you know what? There was a time. But... I really thought they were going to lead towards blood and guts. And apparently it's a five-on-five anarchy rules match. Basically, a five-versus-five street fight. They had to have a name to it. Oh, that'll be great. It'll basically be what was I saw at um, Revolution with Sting, Darby, and Sammy Guevara. Remember, it was just everybody all over the arena at once. That's what we're going to see. That's all this is going to be. Unless they do some really cool spots. I will see. You know, you're not a fan of the stadium stampede. I'm not a fan of the concept necessarily, but I am a fan of a couple of spots. Like Hager and Paige drinking before they beat the fuck out of each other was pretty great. 
Jeff Hardy being, or I'm sorry, Matt Hardy being drowned by Santana and Ortiz and going through all of his gimmicks underwater each time. Great stuff. But for the most part, yeah, they're crap. So maybe they'll do some cool moments like that, but this is probably going to be just a spot fest moment in that night. But we'll get to that card soon. But we'll also get to Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club fighting with each other and things that you just shouldn't do when you're not live on TV, pal. I don't even want to talk about the fucking wild card for women. Oh, it's biggest disappointment ever. I thought it was the chick that opened up on NXT singing because she had the microphone and oh, everything. What do you call it? Poppy. Yeah. Poppy yeah. I was like, is that Poppy? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a uh, one uh, that her and uh, Cornette got into a little spat. Uh, she basically referred to herself as the god or the deity of piss and shit. That's literal. Uh, she had a promo picture with it. She was covered in shit. It might have been real. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. But, yeah, this is the one that does, like, the plank. Like, she'll just stand up rigid and just fall. She did that at the beginning of this match. They reference her and Baker being tag partners. That was for that dumb tournament that they did that went nowhere. Um, this She used to be uh, a I swear star. to God, they showed a picture or a video of them both flicking people off at Revolution 2021. Now... First, Revolution 2021, I don't think we had a crowd at that point. We may not have. I don't think so. But even more so, I go, was this on the pre-show or did I not remember this? Because they showed that, that video, I go, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, you probably <laughs> went to the bathroom, which would have been a wise choice. Yeah, she's terrible. Uh, what a letdown. Baker won. Thankfully. So, our final four with the women right now are... Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker. Baker and Soho in the finals. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, well, well they're also teasing Baker versus Storm. That's really well, they're what they're facing teasing. each other. <clears throat> but they're facing each other in this uh, next round. Oh, that's right. Yeah, good call. Good call. Oh, yeah, because you're not going to put Statlander in the final. I wouldn't think so. So, so is it Badigo re- Soho versus Tony Storm? Two yeah, good I, don't, I don't know that you would. Because they've also been backing each other up. Yeah. I think it's Baker versus Soho. Yeah. Well, that means that I would Storm prefer it. Lose. Yeah. I really prefer that Soho wins this, too. Yeah, I you would know, think so. I would hope so. Give her something. Yeah, right. Um, so... Then was the deep promo right after that. That's, you know, I, I kind of went backwards in time anyway, yeah, but that's, that's when the, the real deep promo. You know, I got to be honest, when Baker was the women's champion, that, that chick was on TV every week. She had a promo, she had a match, she had something. Thunder Rosa ain't done shit since winning that title. I got to be honest with you. I found that very interesting. Barely. Yep. Yeah. Um, but in our main event match, Adam Cole defeats Jeff Hardy. Maybe one of the most lackluster finishers I've ever watched to a match in my entire life. I was like, oh. Oh, that was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the right guy won. Yes. 100%. The the only way I would have been okay with Jeff Hardy, they never played off this. They never even, they can't show it because it's WWE footage. But, you know, Owen faced Jeff Hardy. When, mm-hmm. when he was a jobber, but you know you could have even used that. But he never. I mean, we just got watched it. it. I think we it was in yeah. one of our yeah most recent exactly ones. right. You could have used that, but they didn't. 
but so it's going to be Adam Cole. I really do hope it's versus Samoa Joe. We're going to see tonight O'Reilly and Joe, which is great. Um, but I don't want to have NXT revisited. I don't need that to happen right now. I don't need to see another yeah. riff with Undisputed Elite. You guys all just got together. Let's not keep that stupid shit going where you know if you can or can't trust each other. That eh, played out too much with every stable. Right. But on Rampage, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black, House of Black, defeated Fuego do Sol, Evil Uno, and Ten. So do we not have enough Dark Dark Order members anymore because we were letting Stu Grayson go that now we put Fuego do Sol in there? Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, he's been in a thing with uh, House of Black lately, and for some reason Dark Order decides they want to join in. Well, I am calling it right now that at the pay-per-view, because that's what's going to be coming up, is you're going to get Death Triangle versus House of Black. It's been officially announced. Townie, man, calling it here is my prediction. Julia Hart, there. It's got to be there. It would make sense. Abraham, is that his name? Abraham, whatever his name is. I can't, I, I, and I feel like a dick for not knowing oh. the manager's name, but. Abrahantes? Him. Alex Abrahantes? That guy. Sean Spears defeated Big Damo or Damo, and that's Damo, Killian Dane. Yeah. yeah, it is Killian Dane. Yep. Dope to see him out there. Sucks that Rampage is pre taped, and I. I'm like, I don't have time on Friday, so I'm probably just going to have to read the spoilers. And Thursday morning, I just do. You know, I'm like, once they announce it on Wednesday night, they're like, in our card this night, you're going to have this versus this, this versus this. I go, nah, I don't care. I'm good. I'll read it. (laughs) But what they didn't put in there, because they don't always show you the backstage segments, the Young Bucks officially challenged the Hardy Boys for double or nothing. Thoughts? Potential. It definitely has potential. It's a match we want to see. They've had good matches before, so let's do it. I'm excited for it. I got no problem with it. I mean, they had their last match was the epic ladder match at Ring of Honor the night the before, night before they returned. Yeah, yeah. And before that, like a month before, they faced him in uh, Manhattan Center at Ring of Honor, where they beat the Bucks for the titles. They came in out of nowhere, challenged them on the fly, and beat them for the titles. It was awesome. And it's funny because people, people are shitting on this online. I'm like, why? Why are match. you getting upset about this? And people are like, oh, of course, the Bucks got to put themselves in there. You put yourself in against uh, Moxley and Danielson? Yeah, I'd have been pissed. Right. You're putting yourself against the, the Hardys? Yeah, I'm all for it. And you're playing off of you guys are just wannabes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Excellent choice. Then Chris Atlander punches her ticket into the semis while defeating Red Velvet. And we did get a Tony cut the shit. American Top <laughs> Team had a promo uh, where Sammy Guevara and Frankie Karzarian are now on the same page. And they destroyed the TNT title. Are right. we going to get a new title? Who knows? They've already got like eight of them. That's true. They're still carrying around them. Then, as I said, things that you just don't need to do. You're planning on having Danielson and Moxley in a match at the pay-per-view. Why would you throw them away? I would have put Yuta in a match first before anybody else. Right. But speaking of, did you notice that Yuta wasn't at ringside during any of that promo? I did. Specifically, so we know who your five are. We had to establish who the five versus five would be. Um, but 
after Moxley and Danielson defeat Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, the Jericho Appreciation Society comes down, we have a brawl, and, you know, like they always end every episode, someone's leg gets stuck in between a ramp and a ring. I don't know, man. It seemed like it worked to me just because the urgency didn't seem to be there. If he was really trapped, they, somebody would have been there to help him get out. It was a, it was a few minutes before he got out, so I, it seems and like Moxley started getting it. pissed at Kingston. Come help your team member. Did you see the video the AEW released? Ah, uh, yeah. Watch it in full, and he goes, "Get over here! He's your team member." And then when he gets over to the ramp, he pushes him and was like, "What's the deal?" Blah blah blah. blah. And Danielson flips him off. Yeah, and, and they leaves. Yeah, and they got into it on Dynamite during that promo too. So, so maybe it is a work. Yeah. Huh. Totally. God damn it. My name is Mark, and I'm a Mark. <laughs> All right. Well, what to expect for Dynamite tonight? You got Joe versus O'Reilly. Winner's gonna face uh, Cole at Double or Nothing. We have that triple threat match: Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks versus Swerve Strickland. We are gonna have a face to face face off, I guess, with. Uh, I just sounded like Michael Scott. My, how the turntables have turned. Have. <laughs> uh, Punk and Page. But we also get a steel cage match with Wardlow versus Cody Rose. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm reading from the last time they did this thing. Sean Spears versus Wardlow. I'm sorry, man. If you're going to keep redoing shit, you know, I mean, that's what you got to expect. May, may, maybe, right. the, maybe the gimmick is that, you know, it worked so well with Cody, but now he's just going to. He's trying it again, and it's all backfiring on him. I'm not saying I enjoy that, but... Well, here's the thing. MJF is the ref. But Ah. you could win by just going over the top rope, right? Or over the the top of the cage. Just incapacitate both of them, and you walk out. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, Aubrey Edwards is out. He can't put his hands on MJF or he doesn't get the match. You're absolutely right. Doesn't mean he can't throw spears at him. Ooh, there you go. That works. Or spears accidentally knocks him out. Yeah. We have options. All right, let's run down Double or Nothing card real quick. For what we know, we have the 5 vs. 5 Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club with Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. Jericho Appreciation Society is going to go over some weird reason somehow. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they could certainly play off the Kingston-Danielson stuff, uh, but I'm still That's what they're about uh, to do. Yeah, I I think uh, I'm going to still go with Blackpool. Okay. Death Triangle versus House of Black. I say House of Black goes over. Yeah, I have to say that too. And I think Julia Hart gets involved with Alex Abrahaz. Was I right on that? Uh, Close enough, I guess. As we will be. Anna Jay. Forgot she even wrestled there. She's going to go after Jade Cargill's championship, so Jade Cargill is going to cut the shit with Anna Jay. We have that uh, Hardy Boys versus Young Bucks match. Probably Hardy's go over. I Probably. can't see. Yeah. Um, Jurassic Express versus Swerve and Lee versus Starks and Hobbs. You want me to tell you who I want to win this match in a deserving fashion? Hobbs and Starks. Hell I would yeah. absolutely love to see them win. I do not need to see Lee and Swerve win. It's just a thrown together team. And I'm already over Jurassic Express by day oh. one of them having the titles. Yeah, let's put it this way. Let's just get the titles off Jurassic Express. True. 
for what we hope it's going to be, the women's finals will be Soho and Baker. We really won't know until tonight, uh, after tonight is all over, but let's just hope that's what it ends up being. I have a weird feeling it's going to be Baker is going to be the one carrying on the uh, Owen Hart championship title or whatever, or, you know, the tournament name. I have a feeling she, because if anybody could throw something in a, in everybody's face over and over and over, it's going to be her. It's like MJF winning the, the dynamite battle ring, you know, but I'd be okay with Soho winning. Who do you think is taking it? Man, it's a tough one because you thought she was so hot when she came in. You thought she would have been a lock for the TNT title or the TBS title. Um, and then, you know, you thought she would have been in the main event picture for the world title, but she's not. So I feel like we're missing out on a lot of opportunity, but now Tony Storm's here. So, you know, so that's really a tough one. Um, I I really think I'm going to, I'm going to go with Ruby. I'm going to go with Ruby. Okay. I'm thinking Brett can cut the promos, but I want Ruby. So I'm going to go with Ruby. All right. Again, Statlander's not going to be there. <laughs> There's no. no fucking way in hell they're putting Statlander. Statlander ain't coming home. <laughs> like I said, I didn't even know she worked there. Um, we're both calling Joe versus Cole, unless for some weird reason they pull the O'Reilly feud. But I think Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole ends up winning this. He kind of needs this win, if we're going to say it more than anybody. I think he needs this. So I think Cole wins the tournament. Yeah, that makes sense. It won't be Samoa Joe. I think that maybe no. this is where he gets screwed over. Yeah, that and he's still yeah because he, he's still got the feud and he's the uh, ROH TV type champion, so he doesn't need yep. another belt, especially one for a tournament. True. MJF versus Wardlow. Uh all right. So if MJF loses, Wardlow's finally out of his contract. But obviously, if he wins, he keeps him under contract. Or no, didn't he say you can't wrestle for AEW or anything, right? Yeah, something like that. I missed that okay. stipulation somewhere. But then he's going to, fine, you can't wrestle for AEW. That's what he said. Uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Boom. MJF wins. Wardlow goes to Ring of Honor because they have to be doing something with that thing soon. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you buy it? Yeah. Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa. If Thunder was pushed for even 15 seconds more on TV, I would maybe say she has a shot. But after Deeb's promo, we just had our transitional champion. Serena Deeb, I think, is going to be your new women's champion. Really? Nah, I'm going to stay with Thunder Rosa. Okay. Main event. Man, I have it all written out on a pink piece of paper in red ink. So don't worry. It's really hard to read, but I know what I'm talking about. Punk versus Page. Go ahead. What do you think? Well, I don't want to steal your thunder because we obviously spoke briefly about this. You obviously have taken notes on it. So I'm just going to say that I think CM Punk is the new AEW World's Championship. World Champion. Okay. Okay. How? I'm okay with you giving me how. How specifically he wins the match? Well, I don't need to go move for move. I'm saying does he win clean? Does he... Ah... I see. Yeah. Turn. Uh, I, I, I think he'll he'll get a little shifty if he has to. He'll take a shortcut. Okay. Punk has never said he's a face or a heel, right? He's always just been him. Even when the pipe bomb happened, he never changed who he was. He was just 
still the same guy, right? And then when right. he turned heel, nothing ever changed. He's still just the same guy saying he's the best in the world. Um, And kind of like what you just said, you got to do some things, right? I think it's going to be a slight turn. Just enough. Maybe even a kick in the dick. It always works, right? I think he's going to win. Now, you and I have talked a little bit about this AEW title and how things will happen. I have my own personal idea or path as to what's going to happen here. I want to give this out. And then I want you to allow you to retort. Or (laughs) if you have a different path. Here is what I am personally thinking. We texted briefly about this, but I wrote it out in a little more form. I think Punk is going to slightly turn heel at double or nothing. Slightly. It's not going to be a full-blown beating someone with a chair or aligning with someone. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a slight turn. And then over the next couple of weeks, you get the little bit of a lot of the boos in the arena, some of your cheers, but your your boos of people not happy that you turned. And then he starts facing on a weekly basis, making this title mean something again. I'm not going to defend it in a Texas death match, yabba da 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 da. And he's going to defend against your jungle boys, your. Actually, I take that back. First person he's going to give the title match to. Dax Harwood. Going to win. Then he's going to win against Jungle Boy. Then he's going to win against Wheeler Yuta. Along the way, as this heel turn thickens, he is going to align himself with FTR. Huh. And then, at All Out, we will get the match that we've all wanted. CM Punk versus Brian Danielson. For the AEW world title. You have plenty of feud there with Blackpool Combat Club and FTR. Three and three. Also, from there, after Punk defeats Danielson there. He'll go on to Grand Slam. Because Grand Slam is going to be a thing again this year in the fall. Remember that happened, it was like end of September, early October. Right. In New York at Arthur Ashe. Tony Khan has gone on record saying he is making that a yearly event. He is making Arthur Ashe a yearly event. At that event, he is going to defend the title against Darby Allen and retain. But then when he gets to full gear, before full gear happens, Eddie Kingston is going to get in his face again. And I could see Punk's promo being something like a what do you need a yearly beating wasn't it full gear last year that i beat your ass we could do it again absolutely and eddie kingston pulls off the upset and we get eddie kingston as your world champion and as you and i have said eddie he's the perfect guy to be your transitional champion and by winter is coming if you remember almost two years ago at this point kenny omega defeated moxley for the world title At Winter is Coming, MJF will defeat Eddie Kingston for the world title. And then we will see MJF with a very lengthy feud with the world title. I don't care how long. That is my plan for your AEW world title. Should Punk win this coming Sunday? I got your thoughts. No disagreements. No disagreements. So so we'll put it down like this uh, for historical purposes. Uh, if Punk wins and then Kingston wins, 
we both get the notch for uh, calling it. Uh, obviously, yeah. you have the details, so you know you'll. Well, you I mean, I got little things. Details. Even if he aligns with FTR, well, I did call that at some point. You know, something like oh, that. I'm no, not certain, say that. But that's what I'm saying. Thing. Yeah, those are your but, calls. Yeah, yeah that's what but I'm no, saying. you definitely call the the Kingston one is to dethrone Punk. It's perfect. It's it everything. You get the redemption. And he even told him, you're not world champ or material. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in AEW Dark's more your speed. You know, it's, it's Mick Foley. Perfect. It's Mick Foley winning the title, man. Thank you. Oh, my God. Dude, can you imagine the pop when Kingston wins it? Oh, We've it'd, said be, it. it'd be massive. Yeah. And who better to beat than an arch nemesis? Kingston says the two people he hates the most are Punk and Claudio. And he said, I don't want Claudio coming to this place. I fucking hate him. Well, you got in the ring with Punk and you said you fucking hate him. Sometimes you can hate someone and do business. Look at Edge and Matt Hardy, right? You do business. Sometimes you walk out and you go, well, hey, yeah, man, fuck it. You can fuck my girl. Yeah, we're good. That was a good match out there. Good shit, man. Good stuff. (laughs) All right, man. I can't wait to bring something very funny to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! All right, ODM. What do you got this week? What are you bringing to the table? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I had a little spare time earlier today. I uh, didn't end up getting to it, but for a second I was thinking about putting in my old 2K uh, WWE game, do some wrestling. It just got me thinking, you know what? Probably shouldn't do this because, you know, the way I play games like that, I'm very much into the creator wrestler. I always like creating wrestlers, and dude, I get so, it's an endless time vacuum because I get down to the nitty-gritty, you know, the outfit, the alternate outfits, the entrance attire, the music, uh, the taunts. Holy shit, I should have been at work two hours ago. I know, (laughs) right? (laughs) Exactly, dude. And then by the time you're done, you're like, I don't even want to play this game anymore. You don't actually get to wrestle with the guy because you spend all the time building him. Uh, You wrestle one match, you do every move, and you're like, (laughs) well, that's kind of it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I kind of brought that up just because it kind of ties in because part of that is the finishers. It's the finishers. It's like you've got this whole yeah. list in this. You've got an endless supply, and you could just make a puncher finisher if you wanted to, but always trying to figure out, you know, what move do I want to use when I'm playing the game, but what move works for this character that I've created. And, and it's a time warp, so it is one of those things that I might have to take a day off once, uh, you know, a little chicken nuggets for breakfast and just spend the whole first half of the morning or the day just doing that and just having fun with Dude. it. It's funny how many times my wife has been like, you have a wrestling game. I've never actually seen a wrestling match on there because you're always in the menus. You're always in the screens creating shit. And I'm like, that's not why I have this. I'm making something my own. (laughs) Right. Sometimes I have to comment as myself on the old book. Or sometimes you have to comment as a top of wrestling, depending on what you are in a page as, right? Sure. I was in, it it would not let me comment as anything else. I want to just give you this a heads up now. I got into a little spat with someone the other day. This guy. As the podcast? Technically as a podcast, yeah. But it wasn't about the podcast. Sure, sure. So which means I started a fight as a podcast without consent of the rest of the podcast no no it's it wasn't really starting to fight this guy goes dude why is dax harwood wearing such really short trunks he keeps fixing them i hate it well i can almost see his ball sack blah 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 whatever 
Yep, I wanted to let you settle on that one, too. Like, why are you even posting about this? Yeah, seriously. A bunch of people start commenting, being like, are you serious, man? They're just regular wrestling trunks like guys used to wear. And he goes, I've been watching wrestling for, he goes, for nearly 30 years. And he goes, and these are just tiny trunks. I'm like, they're literally the same trunks as Flair, Arn Anderson, Dusty Rose, Hulk Hogan, everybody that wore trunks. Yeah. And I was like, what? So I had to throw in a comment. I go, have you only been watching since the Attitude Era? I said, and I listed pretty much like everybody there, Piper, all those same exact guys, right? And I go, all of these guys wore trunks. And he goes, der, learn to do math, top of wrestling. I said 30 years. Attitude Era wasn't 30 years ago. Okay, dickhead, you're right. It was 25. Okay, fair enough. But if all you can remember are guys wearing long pants, that seems like it's an Attitude Era kind of thing to me. You know what I'm saying? Because... In the 80s, barely no one wore fucking pants. Everybody was all in their underwear, basically. And he wrote, Durr, learn to do math or whatever. And I wrote, it's okay. I'm sorry. Look, you just sounded ignorant saying that you, that these trunks are not normal or whatever. I said, just. And I, his bet name you he's was, a, I bet you he's a Republican and watches WWE. Well, guess what his name was? Michael J. McDonald. And I said, well, hey, man, go back to singing some of your really great Taking Motown hits. Taking it to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I really wrote back, go back to singing your awesome Motown hits. <laughs> Ain't no mountain hinder. <laughs> Ooh, I bet you want to hound you. Dude, I swear to God, I just... I picked a fight with Michael McDonald. I just wanted you to know that. All right, man, let's go to Monday Night Wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. Two step forward, two step back. We're tag champs, baby, cause opposites attract, and you know. No? Sorry. Eh, worth a shot. Yeah. It was. It was Paul Abdul, and you, and you let it happen. Uh, <laughs> the will they, won't they, it worked. New tag team champs on Raw. I mean, it's kind of one of the first times I feel like they did this, though. They, I don't feel like they've they had feuding people become tag champs together before. So let's see, ninety one, no, ninety two, no, three, four, five. Yeah, man, this is the first time they've actually put people together. It's the first of many. It was like a yearly yeah. thing. You have Cena and Michaels, uh, Austin and Taker at Austin. one point, Austin and Do Love. Yeah, wasn't it Austin and Triple H at one point? The yep, up them. Well, no, they that was the two man power trip. That was actually both here uh, at the same time. Okay, yeah, um, never mind. But but it was just very you know the like I said the will they won't they become teams and ooh look at this we're tag champs together <laughs> done way too many goddamn times. Uh, but this one, the pop was worth it. Oh yeah. Run down, man. What happened on Raw Nitro? All right, May 26, 1997. We'll start with Raw. Signs, signs, everywhere, signs. Man, 
We are in that era where you can't see any people because all you see are signs. Uh, I should take that exact clip of what you just said, find the bitch from Revolution, and send her that exact thing. Signs, signs, everywhere there are signs. Don't yell at me because I had a sign up for CM Punk. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm so, not bitter some, about it. Go ahead. Some, some, <laughs> some wounds don't heal easily. <laughs> We start off with Austin and HBK in a ring. Uh, Shawn Michaels is wearing the same Homer Simpson T-shirt I had, probably at the same exact time. So that's hilarious. I thought you would. I didn't even know you had that, but I, I was like, oh, he's gonna like this. <laughs> I, I, I definitely had that shirt. Yep. Uh, the whole which thing, is like obviously. the fourth Simpsons or Homer Simpson reference on Raw, like in the last month or two. Yeah, and I think about this time is when Brett was actually on an episode. Right, and it's yeah. funny because like, and even Brett goes, "I don't know what you have wrong with the Simpsons." You know, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I think it's great. <laughs> Definitely, um, yeah. Like you were saying, the whole thing is, can they coexist? Uh, at one point, uh, Austin says he's the captain of the team. Uh, we get LOD's music uh, hitting. Uh, they come out. They do a face off with Austin and Sean, uh, and we get a mic. I think it's a Hawk talking to Sean Michaels. Uh, Hawk basically saying, "You know, you guys win. We want the first title shot." Shawn Michaels naturally says, if we win, when we win. Uh, and then we get the uh, Heart Foundation coming He's out. So uh, Brett, no- hardcore gangsta. It's just. <laughs> yeah, that Homer Simpson shirt really screams gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brett's not on crutches anymore. Uh, yep. So next we get uh, LOD versus Anvil and Pillman. Um, we we come back from the break. Uh, LOD's in the ring with their music playing again, and the Heart Foundation has gone to the back before the break or right after the break. And when they come back, they come out again. Weirdest fucking thing ever. If I was live there in the crowd, I'd be like, <laughs> "Are you shitting me? Did you just Wait, make me watch back? their entrance twice?" Didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It definitely was weird. Uh, Thank you for the... calling that out. I did. Yeah. I forgot all about it, and I'm so glad. I just, that one just completely. Hey, man, flew I'm by back. I'm on top I've... of my shit. I got good notes again. So. Wow, I missed you. <laughs> the show was really plummeting, and I'm sure our numbers weren't doing great when I was taking shit. <laughs> It's a slow, you know, you got to get back into the groove here. Uh, Heart Foundation is watching from the top of the ramp. Uh, was this Pillman's first match on Raw, or am I just not remembering the previous match? Okay, it was. Uh, you can already see he just doesn't have it anymore. Not that he can't go, it's just it's not Brian Pillman style. Um, but apart from that, I think, see, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it was Pillman because Hawk goes to press slam and it's sloppy. And he doesn't pull it off, and then he does it again, and it still looked awful. Then I think Pillman, Pillman went to take Animal over the top, I think, and that was botchy as hell. It was really bad. Uh, you know Heart what's Foundation- crazy is that, if I'm not mistaken, they're around for Canadian Stampede. I don't think LOD even make it into SummerSlam or Survivor Series because they don't come back and get repackaged until mm. Sonny reintroduces them at WrestleMania 14 in right. the Battle Royal at the very beginning, right? Yep. Part of me wonders if it is a little bit of Hawk and Animal, and I'm not trying to just jump right to this, but Hawk is known for hitting the sauce, so I'm wondering if... Yeah, Because I be. saw a lot of the botches, too, but when you're up in the air on top of someone, I get you're supposed like doing the press. Mm. I know Pillman has his own weight to hold, but... 
look at just because you you know you can't run and fly the way you used to as flying Brian. I don't think that was all on him during this match. Yeah, That's no, kind of no, I'm definitely. Saying. That's yeah. Th- it was hard to tell. Uh, definitely was hard to tell. I mean, it could have just been both sides. Who the hell knows? Um, hey, should I have been recording this entire show? Yes, yes. That's usually okay. helpful. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, Heart Foundation runs in naturally as they're about to hit the Doomsdays at DQ. Austin and, and Shawn Michaels run down to make the save. Uh, Austin and Anvil are fighting on the floor. Shawn Michaels sees this. He goes for the baseball slide, but he actually hits Austin. Uh, they start brawling on the floor. Um, The probably highest point of this show was next. It was Sunny's Search and Soak Mission Part 83. Uh, and this uh, captivating weekly saga, uh, Honky Tonk is the latest victim. And we once again hear from Sonny that wetter is better. We found out that uh, Honky actually likes his poached. <laughs> now he couldn't have gone with like Eggs Benedict or something like that. Come on, some people look a good poached. <laughs> Can we That's just talk po- about the logo last week? Michael Cole's face. The- <laughs> he kind of looked, looked like he had egg, egg on his face, too. <laughs> I was almost going to tell you after the fact, you should have made it seem like it was a thought bubble. So, you know, a couple small bubbles going to the fried egg. <laughs> For the sunny side of it. <laughs> right, I'm repackaging last week's logo. <laughs> okay. Next we get Paul Bearer backstage. He's still bandaged. Uh, uh, he's still teasing the secret, who, which he says is safe with his attorney and a safe deposit box. Uh, he's not the Paul Bearer that he was before. You've mentioned that already. They're still hamming that up. Uh, and by the end of the night, he will be revealing the secret. Uh, so next, uh, we get D'Lo's debut on Raw. Uh, he actually comes out in gear, so First that was match, cool yep. to see. Absolutely. Uh, we get Farouk on commentary, and, man, we went down that rabbit hole again. Farouk asking Vince, when you found out I was the number one contender, what was the first thought on your mind? You might be looking at your first black champ. That's what you were thinking. <laughs> he says, was there a civil war in this country? Slaves? What color were those slaves? Uh, it's the whole black versus white angle, and Vince... I can't believe this didn't get edited off of Peacock. Did he quadruple down? <laughs> Vince, aren't you trying to patronize the blacks? I had Especially to stop. when they moved to Peacock right in the middle of basically the biggest movement for Black Lives Matter back in 2020. You know what I mean? Like, that's when they transitioned to Peacock and all that shit. And you're like, weren't you editing back then? Weren't you? You guys were taking out and worrying about the edge and lead a live sex celebration sex is celebrated in this world today more than racism i would have went back and looked at that shit first yeah it was uh it was bad i mean it sounds kind of ambiguous but just the way he said it man the blacks like that's yeah it just didn't sound right uh he could have said anything other than those exact words yeah uh well maybe not anything but it's funny because when he goes Vince, I want to know, what was your first thought? I was like, I swear, please, Vince, just go, oh, I thought there goes the neighborhood. (laughs) I'm like, is this the angle you've been going for the last couple of weeks? Maybe I forgot we did a whole race angle. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There was a sign in the crowd that said, Shawn Michaels can die. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to make note of that because that was fucking fantastic to see. Right on the hard cam, too. 
<laughs> oh, that's a good one. I didn't see that. I swear, I may not have been looking at signs. I think I was just maybe writing notes or whatever, but just that's tremendous. Caught, caught my eye. Uh, D-Lo wins. It wasn't quite the down low, but it was more of a pop-up powerbomb. Still cool, though. Um, and, uh, yeah, this has been Intro to Critical Race Theory with Vince McMahon. Uh, you get a you get a, a backstage. You know how we Kirk. rewrote history. Uh, we did my march to WrestleMania 30. You did Nexus. Yeah, you might want to rewrite this era right here, and maybe Farouk yeah. wins, and a whole lot of good things happen because Jesus. Yeah, bad angle, up. bad angle, Vince. What were you mm. thinking? I mean, does he ever? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, good point. Okay. Uh, backstage promo with Taker. They have audio issues, so he basically has to cut the promo twice. Uh, basically <laughs> that was awesome. Make, <laughs> yeah. Basically saying he needs to make the decision on whether to rejoin Bearer or have his secret revealed. Yeah, it was great because you could tell he was kind of pissed off when he had to start the second time. <laughs> well, it's funny. If you actually hear him, he started using the technical difficulties with the mic in the promo. If you go back and listen to the one where the mic cuts out and they have to go to commercial and come back. When or not commercial, but they or they go to the thing, and come back to him. He said something to the effect of, "Even as you're messing with my mic, or if, if you're messing with my mind, or messing with my mic." He said he says something about the mic. I'm like, well, at least it was good, uh, you know, working on the fly. Yeah, a little uh, not not to be improv, uh, as the kids like to call it. Yeah, a little impromptu. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next, we get a uh, what I thought was a really solid heel promo from King from Lawler on Goldust. Man, he's like, oh, you were asking why Dusty didn't love you. He's like, maybe it's because you married the biggest gold digger in all of Georgia. Maybe you put it because you put on a, whim- a woman's wig like a flaming, and he stops, and then he goes, he kind of just finishes the promo. Uh, so this 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 stayed on Peacock. Uh, they didn't stop, or he didn't stop. Either they froze. They, I don't know what it was. My version's real. He finished off with a three-letter F-bomb. No way. After flaming. Are you serious? Positive. Jesus. Because I go, there's, because as soon as we were talking about the uh, editing on Peacock, you can't believe that he said, the blacks. I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." I wonder if, and I'm like, "I'm ready for this." Here, I'm thinking right now. I'm huh. like, "Did well, Lawler's exact full promo make it through?" Did not. Nope. nope. And the pause. They did a good job with editing because they made it seem like he just paused and stopped himself. So, well, they did a good job of editing. Unless they um, just he they bleeped out the word because if you say it like when he said, "No," nah, but I remember. I remember pa- him. No, I'm saying if. He- yeah, I just remember seeing it, and he stopped. It's not like. You know what I mean? It, it, it legit, like, when I was watching it, it didn't seem edited. It seemed like he purposely paused and didn't say what he was going to say. Interesting. I'll have to go back and but check they even go maybe. back and show the version of uh, back the year before in 96. I, where... I got that. Yeah, I've got that. I think that's coming. Yeah, that's coming up, actually, right now. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but, but first, uh, more importantly, we did get an ad for the King of the Ring inflatable chair. Um, yeah, it had Elvis in it. Amazing. Sitting in mine right now. So anyway, King versus Goldust. Uh, this for the King of the Ring. Uh, yeah, we get the flashback uh, from a, about a year ago. He's like, well, aren't you? Am I what? Uh, and he says queer. They did bleep that yeah. out. 
They yeah, bleeped, it. bleeped it. But they yeah. bleeped it on the live TV too back then. They never he actually yeah. never said it in ninety six. Right. So uh yeah. Well, oh, I'm sorry, wait. He said it. it we, didn't we didn't hear, hear it. it. Yes. There it is. Sorry. I, I gotcha. No, we can look at you. Uh yeah, King gets the win with his feet on both buckles. Goldust just runs him down, hits the dusty punches. Lawler rolls all the way down the ramp. Marlena steps on and over him. Yeah, well, you gotta get your stick in there, I guess, right? Get your stick in. Step on me anytime. Let's actually <laughs> did look fantastic. Uh, Austin was <laughs> backstage. Pillman jumps him uh, as Vince is about to interview him. Owen Bulldog join in. Uh, officials are able to break it up, but Austin's down. Next, we get Flash Funk versus Rocky Mayavia. Uh, we go backstage again. This time, Austin is looking for HBK, who has just gotten beaten up. And Michaels tells him, hey, for once, try and watch somebody's back. Uh, then things got really confusing because I don't know if I missed something or what, but uh, basically the headbangers just showed up to commentary and did their shtick. Um, Sitting Rocky, in those inflatable chairs. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, Rocky's been using the uh, the uh, rock bottom lately, but not as a finisher. He's not putting anybody mm-hmm. away with it, so I don't know if they were just trialing it or what. Um, or maybe he himself is just trying a new move and he, he liked it so much and – He's like, I'm really getting sick and tired of this crossbody shit. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, Flash dude hit a botchy over the top splash. He landed on his hand on the ramp. Looked pretty fucking nasty. Um, and it looked like mm-hmm. he was selling it, but probably not because he felt like he had to. Probably because that motherfucker probably hurt like hell. He was selling. <laughs> yep. It hurt. <laughs> yeah. And then Rocky's uh, crossbody. Yeah, he must have been tired because that looked botchy as hell too. It just it wasn't a great match. Uh, but Rocky ends up getting the win. Uh, the win. So back next. Back. Back. I just back. remembered what oh, my yeah? what my issue was with the John Morrison match against Samoa Joe. Oh, because I just remembered this right here. There was a couple of moments that right here in Rocky versus Flash Funk that Rocky, because Funk seemed hurt, uh-huh. Rocky, I think that that crossbody it was because Funk was hurt and how he had to make the move look or whatever. Go back and watch how you know how you have to plan on doing a move, but you have to make sure the guy is in the right place, but you may have to change things because he's hurt, this, that, whatever. Go back and watch Morrison going to jump to Samoa Joe on the outside. He goes closer, and then he uses his actual fucking left hand and shoes him to push a little farther out and then does the jump. Oh, Yo, man, this isn't WWE. We're not going to flash 75 times in one minute. Uh, you might want to just do the move and hope that Joe catches you, and he's a fucking pro. He'll probably catch you. Just do your goddamn flip. Wow. That was my issue with the other botch problem. I said there was something wrong with that match, and I wanted to go back to it, but that's what it was. But this kind of this match between Mayavia and Funk kind of reminded me of that because it was just, well, let's get our choreographed shit in. Oh, you're not in place. <laughs> uh, next, we get the first of our Mankind video packages slash interviews. Yeah, he's still calling him Jimmy. I'm definitely digging that. Uh, and they're referring referring to him as Mickey Foley. Yep. Uh, he tells a story about, uh, and I don't remember. I think it was lacrosse. He's playing uh, goalie, but he, you know, he didn't play with the chest protector. You know, and he removed his cup. Uh, he wasn't playing with protective equipment. And basically, tells a story about how he got hit in the nuts. Uh, and uh, everybody was watching him as he was getting carried away. Uh, and they said that he would be out of school for about three weeks until his the swelling went down. And he said he went to school the very next day. 
And even though his testicle was the size of a grapefruit, for the first time in high school, girls were looking at his genital region. (laughs) I tried so goddamn hard to find that as a sound clip. All I found was Austin and Michael's winning. I tried so hard. Do you have any idea how weird it is to type into YouTube? (laughs) Mankind testicle. Mick Foley's testicles. Mick Foley's genitalia. (laughs) Yeah, it was something else. It was something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we get a backstage promo with the Hart Foundation. Uh, Brett's just cutting a promo on Michael's time about the 10-minute match. Uh, You know, basically the whole Hart Foundation cutting promos on Austin uh, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, Pillman does call out that Austin was his former partner. That was pretty cool. Uh, We didn't really get much of that previously. They've kind of alluded to it, but... Um, so yeah, so we start our two with Ken Rock, Ken Shamrock joining Ken Rock. I like Ken Rock. Yeah. Ken Rock. Uh, you know, I think we've talked about this before. He doesn't do bad on commentary just because he's used to being interviewed as part of, you know, being the UFC champion. So it's definitely, uh, you know, not as bad as it could have been. Speaking of as bad as it could have been, uh, next we get Vader versus Ahmed. Uh, basically, if Vader wins, he gets to take Ahmed's spot in King of the Ring. Uh, we, they, they show Paul Bearer backstage looking at his watch. God, it was so tropey. It was just him like looking at his watch, kind of shaking it, putting it up to his ear, tapping on the it. The tapping. It, it was so... Dude, we get it. We get it, okay? Time's almost but up. But it's not going to go any faster. 11 o'clock <laughs> doesn't come any faster if you stare at it, brother. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed won with a spine buster out of nowhere. It was rather lack- lackluster. Um, Blackluster. It made no sense as to why Vader's trying to vie to get into the King of the Ring. This King of the Ring tournament may be the weirdest setup ever. Triple H loses, gets back in because he didn't know he couldn't get DQ'd. And then (laughs) Vader's trying to get in. They didn't even get in. It's like, okay. Yeah. And he just got his nose busted by some, uh, you know, greenhorn. Yeah. Yeah. He's out. A lot of weird shit going on for this this King of the Ring tournament. I just didn't remember it all. Well, back to our issue with uh, time and its relativity to this episode and Paul Bear re- revealing a secret. Uh, we get another promo that he starts with a fucking soap opera intro. Uh, like sands through an hourglass, these are the days of our lives. It's basically what he said. Fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> next, we get Triple H versus Rockabilly. China slams Honky Tonk on the floor. Triple H wins. Good moment. Dude, yep. China getting dragged away by Triple H, and she's trying to get more of Honky was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. She's getting more over because she's beating people up. I kind of forgot about her rise, and it's funny because I was always a fan of her, and a lot of people weren't. I was always a fan of hers, man. Yeah, she fucking pulled it off. The earliest days were the best because she didn't have to say much. It was just her actions and that look on her face, man. She pulled it off. And I got to say, I think... For a good amount of time, even into the Attitude Era, I think she was decent looking. By the time she made it to porn, I'm like, no, I don't want to look at her. I'm okay. I'm just, <laughs> just admit it. You just didn't want to see Waltman. I don't blame you either. Uh, next, we get a, a Taker promo, basically telling Barry, you do what I you have to do, and I'll do what I have to do. Powerful words. Uh, next uh, again, uh, one of the high points of the night. Uh, it's back to the inflatable King of the Ring chair, which they have uh, at the top of the ramp. And Sable comes out and just leans over it a bunch, and there's your lot. Back to mankind. I don't uh, think I ever remember <laughs> the weekly 
merchandise hawk the way that they do with Sable and Sunny coming out. Well, let's put it on these girls. They're wearing them. You should wear it too. Yeah. That's why I bought the chair. It's nice. That's <laughs> that's why I have a gross of them in my basement. <laughs> uh, next, we're, we're back to man. We're not gross. Well, they're probably pretty gross by now. It was only 25 years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, so we, we go back to the Mankind interview. Uh, I really like this part. Uh, basically talking about the uh, Madison Square Garden show where Snuka did the leap off the cage on a Don Morocco. Uh, he said he wanted to be where the blood and guts were. Thought that was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Talks about how he hitchhiked to the match, uh, saw the splash, uh, made a movie when he was 18. We're all familiar with seeing that. Uh, talks about him meeting HBK and saying how he always saw his career to be like his, uh, you know, specifically the ladies. Uh, the movie is basically him as Dude Love and jumping off the roof of the house. Um, he talks about how Dude Love never worked. Uh, Cactus Jack, I, this was my favorite line, Cactus Jack was only supposed to last three months. It was 11 years. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. I thought that was an awesome line. Uh, and they show shots of the death match uh, in Japan with Terry Funk, so... Uh, you know, it's cool that they're referencing that. Awesome, awesome interview. I, uh, it's like the Dustin stuff. Once they start breaking down and, and you, you peel the layers of the character, you start to like him a little more. Sometimes that's, I mean, it's kind of like we started to do it with Bray. We got a little bit of the, uh, the character peeling, you know, but they don't do that anymore. And this is good, man. It, it gives you the psychotic side of mankind. Now you get the, he was Cactus Jack, and now, you know, how he's become this person, but he always really wanted to be Dude Love. I don't know. I, I've always liked this. I just didn't. I think the only thing I didn't like is when he got in the goddamn Royal Rumble three times. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit much, but I guess. I guess but I funny. Like, but I think once you talent. saw the second one come out, you're like, all right, the third's coming out, right, at some point. <laughs> It'll get there. It'll get there. All right, so next uh, we get what we're all looking for, Austin and uh, Shawn Michaels versus Owen and Bulldog for the tag teams, uh, tag titles. Uh, they reemphasize that Legion of Doom will have the opportunity if HBK and Austin win. Uh, once again, foundation at the top of the ramp. Um, yeah, I didn't write too much about the match itself. I think, you know, what happened after was really the high point. It was a pretty mm-hmm. standard match with some hot tags. I mean, I don't think there was too much to note. Uh, but Austin gets the pin. Uh, after foundation. after Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels came in the ring, there was a little bit of a brawl between guys. Shawn yeah. Michaels gets a quick sweet chin music on Bulldog, Bulldog and then goes right back out of the ring for Austin to take the pin. I liked it. Yep, absolutely. Yep, plays into it. Uh, and, the, yeah, they definitely play into that. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Heart Foundation beats down Shawn Michaels. Austin just takes the title and walks off. He doesn't even take both of them. He just takes his and just walks off. Uh, he sees Brett at the top of the ramp, uh, goes after his knee. Uh, Heart Foundation sees what's happening, runs Austin off. Uh, Shawn Michaels is just down in the ring. And then we show Paul Bearer backstage pay- pacing. I think the only and thing we... that would have made that segment better is if Brett was sitting in one of those inflatable chairs. <laughs> Brett! Uh, (laughs) i'm disabled (laughs) we see austin backstage sitting there with his belt uh it says he did it all by himself and Shawn michaels comes and confronts on their face to face uh we end raw with paul bear coming to the ring with vince uh time's over 
mentions on that cold, drizzling morning, holes were prepared, the burial vaults were in the ground, I was the mortician, the funeral director that day, but there was three graves, not two. Uh, Gong hits. This is the fastest Undertaker has ever gotten to the ring in his entire run. Minus the time that his coat caught on fire. Yes. Yes, well, that's a different Because I thought the same thing. When I watched him dart to the ring, I go, holy shit. I've never seen him have this kind of purpose before. Maybe when he was uh, American Badass, but not this. Oh, no. And that was the thing. When he was an American Badass, you know, he couldn't move that fast. So, Uh, yeah. It's a lot of Oreos. (laughs) Ooh, Oreos. Um, great right now. He does. It does. He, he tells Bear, I hate you with all that I am. I loathe you. I despise you for what you've done to me. Uh, your attorney's going to tell the secret because you won't be able to. Gets him by the throat. Uh, Bear drops to his knees. You can see that Bear, Bear's pointing at Taker, and you can tell he's kind of talking to him. Uh, Taker loosens the grip, goes down to one knee, puts his hand up, crowd boos, off the air. Not a bad ending. I thought that was a, that was a good way to go off the air. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. I still don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure you Nitro. don't. You don't know? At the funeral, there was a blood shit. <laughs> Is that why Kane was red? <laughs> Nitro. Hogan's been away for Speaking a while. Speaking of a blood life. shit, here's two hours of Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan, I can't wait to get to the end. Hogan uh, starts off the show. Bischoff's with him. Uh, Bischoff's saying he checked. There's no little stinger under the ring. Um, Hogan just puts Bischoff over, you know, for being the mastermind and says that Sting is in deep duty, brah. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I like that he went yeah. word for word. Yeah. Uh, Hogan's going to slap anyone wearing Sting makeup. Uh, and then it's the gun show because, you know, Bischoff likes that. I'm going to read some names of people that wrestled each other. Uh, Juventud Guerrero, Super Calo, and Hector Gar- Garza versus Ciclope, La Parca, and Damian, Juvie's team one. Yeah, I'm with you. Keep going. I'm Good. loving. I'm going to name people who wrestled against each other. I'm like, well, that's technically what the results are. But I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's pretty much the backstory of this match. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. It's all with a purpose, man. It's all with a purpose. Uh, next, we get Psychosis versus Alex Wright. Alex Wright's definitely uh, more of a heel now. Uh, Psychosis gets the win. Uh, Does his really we- sick elbow dance every now and then. Yeah. You know, the dance matches up with his music. So, We get Mean Gene on the ring with Sonny Ono. Mean Gene on the ring. See, you got me all flustered. Mean Gene's on the ramp with Sonny Ono. They're teasing the surprise opponent for Chono, uh, but we're going to have to wait. Uh, Psychosis is walking by. He says, hey, I have a deal for you. He's like, all right. Mean Gene then says, hey, this isn't time for your flim-flam scam things. Uh, Medusa comes out. She wants a title shot. She says she'll do almost anything, and that obviously gets Ono's blood boiling. Medusa instantly regrets that statement. This was Medusa's version of Ken Shamrock's I don't know you. <laughs> it was. She repeated herself like four times. It was. It was terrible. So basically, the stipulation is going to be she gets a title shot at Great American Bash. If she loses, she's done wrestling. She accepts. She, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, we get some background. I on, hope she loses. Yeah. Uh, we get some background on Ernest Miller. Uh, 
looking back on last week's episode, I wasn't thinking. I don't remember him from WCW, but I definitely remember him. Uh, for, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember him at his stint in WWF. In WCW, okay. I do. The the robe. There the you go. The robe. As soon as we were done, I'm like, oh, my God, the robe. Yes. There it is. All right. Thank yes. you. Because I said, I go, uh, are you shitting me right now? Yes. I'm like, yes. I got the joke of Billy Blanks. And you're like, no, but really, who is he? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't make the correlation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, next, we get uh, Wrath in a squash match against Mark Starr. Mark Starr wins. Uh, <laughs> Wrath's finisher is called the death penalty. Uh, and then him and Mortis uh, beat down Starr after the match. Next, man, they just they were just throwing matches against the wall for this. Volano 4 versus Conan. Uh, during the match, Hugh Morris comes down. Uh, Dillinger and the officials have to hold him back. It's a squash. Um, we get Mean Gene in the ring with Conan after the match, uh, talking about how Kevin Sullivan's on a self-imposed sabbatical, uh, you know, and Conan's doing his thing, speaking a lot of Spanish. And Mean Gene, a little English, if you would, please. Man, I don't okay. know who's more fucking ignorant, Vince, Mean Gene, or you. Conan's in his ring, or er, Conan's in the ring, or er, doing his thing, speaking Spanish. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with the way. You I'm know. laughing at. No, yeah, but no. you know what though? Him doing this promo, you know what it's leading to? I think we're probably soon going to see this dude head into NWO. That's okay, when we yeah. start getting the bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy. I, I, that's what I like about Conan. That's the only time I think I've ever really liked him was yep. when he joins in with Wolfpack and everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, basically, uh, so Conan calls out Sullivan for not taking up Benoit quicker. If it was me, I would have gotten it done quicker. Uh, and then he calls Hugh Morris the Pillsbury fat boy. Now that's fucking humorous. That was fucking humorous. That 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 that's that's true. That's a true statement. True statement. Um, Apt. I went from this next segment. I went from holy crap to what the fuck. Don't mm-hmm. ever meet your heroes, kids. Uh, we get Masahara Chino. Uh, we get actually get Sonny Ono come to the ring first to announce the nightmare of Chono. That's how they're billing it. And God, fucking, damn it. It's the goddamn great Muda. Mm-hmm. I what I wrote was I'm marking out. I'm gonna go have a smoke and then I'm gonna settle in for this one. Um, yeah, that, that was it, a wasted smoke. It, 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 it took me quicker to get through the match than it would have to have the smoke. Um, basically, Muda comes out to a pretty good pop. Uh, Tease is taking the mask off. He takes the mask off. Uh, green mist into the air. That gets another big pop. Muda looks like he's confused and doesn't know what to do. They're trying to angle this, but I don't know how. Because uh, Ono's just barking orders at Muda. And Muda ends up spraying Ono with the mist. And there's a, it's a DQ somehow. Muda takes a picture of Ono with the mist all over his face. Muda takes the NWO shirt. I didn't realize that the great Muda ever was part of the NWO. And I was kind of bummed out by this whole thing total waste of using him like was uh-huh. he just he happened to stop by backstage and bischoff was like hey you want to do something tonight? i really don't feel like wrestling no no no. All you gotta do is spit some shit man you'll be fine <laughs> i was gonna say yeah he already had the face paint on he already had the capsules in his mouth he was just you know wandering backstage doing his thing speaking <laughs> japanese <laughs> jesus all right all right that's fair no, this you is even better i like this one. 
That was that was a good one. I like that. All right. Well, do your thing and speak American. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Next we get Barbarian versus Jim Powers. Barbarian wins. Um we get Woman and Benoit confronting Hart at ringside at the end of that match, uh, asking what he needs to do to get Sullivan back in the ring. Uh, and Hart says, well, the road to Sullivan's the barbarian. And Benoit gets in the ring, and Hart says, you got seven days to think about it. We'll do it next week on Nitro. Uh, I next- did like that because they were they're like, all you got to do is do that, and Benoit just gets right in the ring. He goes, all right, fine, let's go. And they're like, well, we didn't mean right well, now. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Give us time. Uh, yeah, next we get Giant uh, accompanied by Luger. Uh, a three-on-one match. Uh, Giants taking on Johnny Swinger, Rick Fuller, and Jerry Flynn. Uh, they're teasing a new major star making their debut June 30th in Vegas. Um, uh, words were said. Uh, basically, it's a promo on Hogan and Rodman. Uh, they've signed an open contract for Great American Bash. And during Luger's whole promo, Giant was just standing there mouth-breathing. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Next, we get six coming out, uh, top of the ramp, microphone, calls out Nick Patrick real quick, does his flare impression. Last week, pal, I treated you like the fluff boy you are. I don't know any of those words. I don't know what they mean. Um, I know, pal. <laughs> he brings up the video on the Tron uh, of last week for the uh, them just beating down flare, uh, brings out the outsiders, and uh, they're going to put the titles on the line against Piper and flare. And uh, Nash says, I don't know. Maybe one of them can put one of their dialysis machines on the line. <laughs> that was a good line. I it forgot how good Hall and Nash were with their quick little zingers, man. They oh, they were yeah. good. They were just having fun, man. It worked. Uh, yeah, so next we get Mongo and Jeff Jarrett versus Harlem Heat. Uh, Kevin Green's on commentary. At one point during the match, Mongo sees Green on commentary, heads up, and they kind of fight off. Uh, and... Harlem Heat's able to take advantage and get the win. Just pushing the storyline. Uh, close out the show. We get, as I love this so much. Uh, Bischoff and Hogan uh, go to the ring again. Uh, he says, I'm going to put the lays down the title. says, I'm going to give you a shot right now, Sting. And Bischoff says, hey, he's not going to be here. And we'd make him worship the ground you spit on. Sting comes up through the ring, very uncoordinated-like. And it's obviously not Sting. Bischoff says, get on your knees. And he does. Hogan spits Stang. on the ground. Stang. Stang. I did write that, yeah. Uh, Hogan spits on the ground, and Stang has to worship the ground that he just spit on, and he does. Uh, real Sting comes from the ceiling into the ring, hits a quick death drop on Bischoff. Uh, Hogan turns around, sees him, and he's sort of starting to inch backwards, and he trips on Stang and powders. Sting death drops Stang. Had to say that slow. Hogan rallies the rest of the NWO. They surround the ring. Hogan has a bat now. Uh, They say they're out of time, but Shivani says we're going to stay with this. And basically, as they're about to approach the ring, Sting hooks up the rope. And it's so fucking great because Sting's got the bat, and he's kind of holding him off, and he tugs on the rope three times, which is obviously the signal for, wheel me up, boys. Doesn't happen. He's treading backwards into the corner. Hits it again, and finally the third time. I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but it was fucking hilarious because then finally the third time he just looks up and he's like, any time now. Well, you know what? And- <laughs> Let's at least say it was safety because maybe right. he's like, oh, maybe that first couple of tugs was him getting it set up onto his body again. All I'm saying is better than him half being set up and not. I'm not you know, trying to allude to the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but... That. But... 
the amount of time it was so because there was like 15 NWO members that could have easily just jumped in before he goes it off up into the air. And they're slowly <laughs> creeping because he's supposed to have been gone by now. And he's, okay, well, I guess I'm going to walk slow for no reason. <laughs> everybody could have jumped right through the rope and got him. And everybody just stared like they've never seen a man in a rope before, ever. It was stellar work. Yeah, top notch. But good moment. I do like because when he does go off, god damn, he zips out of there fast. Like, oh, dude, he's he goes in the flying. ring to the top of the arena one second easily. That's why I think they were eating their lunch or something. She was like, oh shit, we gotta pull him up real quick. <laughs> oh, this week we're pulling him back up. Fuck. <laughs> we did it, boys. We dropped him. Grab a beer. <laughs> Time for a beer. Ah, we're just off. You know what was just off? Your fucking list. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. Hold two, arm bar. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three, the moss-covered, three-handle family credential. It's me, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I did it for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene. John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. Uh, the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smile. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com as always they do appreciate all feedback and continued support at the end of the day they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die and now this week's top topic maybe i need to reenact the uh the sound bite for you though but if you don't like my list you can suck my dick all right uh look at man i uh, is anything close on your list or is it just completely out of whack out of order no, uh, I mean, I, I'd say there's definitely a lot of similarities. Uh, and just by looking at your list, I can tell what you did, and I'm not against it at all. A lot of mine I don't have. A lo- I'd say, shit, I'd say almost every move on your list has a very long tenure, maybe being used by multiple people, definitely being made famous by somebody, being consistent in their ability to finish an opponent. I think mine has a lot of those qualities. Maybe some not the the longevity or the profile, but I mean, we'll see. I, I think. Okay, uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna say that mine goes off of a couple of quick categories. One is longevity, with you know, if multiple people have used it, or you know, just whatever. Impact does make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Why the honorable mentions are the honorable mentions in my eyes, what sure. I have personally. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But more than anything, I actually think by popularity, and that's why I have what I have towards my list there. Okay. Um, Because when you see it, it's like, man, people go nuts for it. That's kind of where I was going with it. I would say popularity may have trumped a lot of things on my list, so maybe that's where I'm looking at it. Okay, that makes sense. Let's go number for number, because it'll be fun to to work it out for the fans here. Um, the fan. So let's go honorable mention. How ma- you have just as many? I think I think I do five. Yeah. Alright. Mine are Hulk Hogan's leg drop. I'm gonna specifically call that his because I don't think anybody else had the balls to use a leg drop as a finisher. Uh Ultimate Warriors press with the you know the body splash following. Sleeper hold. Although a good one, you know, used by Piper and some guys. It's mm-hmm. just, I wish it was used better. The DDT and Sweet Chin Music. Both of them were tremendous and great moves, but goddamn diminished by the year 2022. That's mm-hmm. why I have them as my honorable mentions. No, that makes Yours, sense. Yours, please. That certainly makes sense. Uh, so I've got uh, uh, the Camel Clutch. Uh, I have his okay. honorable mention. It's definitely a big one. Still used today. Miro uses it, and it looks mm-hmm. fantastic when he does it. Uh, Million Dollar Dream. Uh, it's just a modified, uh, kind of a, almost a hybrid between a chicken wing and a, and a sleeper hold. Sleeper uh, hold, very yeah. unique. Uh, speaking of chicken wing, cross-faced chicken wing. Uh, the Frog Splash uh, and the Eclipse from an Ember Moon. Hmm. Okay. Funny you say that because... My number 25 is The Eclipse by Ember Moon. I had to let it get in the actual list because it's that good a move. And it is. it's one of those, when the crowd sees it, they definitely pop. No one else really does it. And I and sometimes I think that is something, a big thing too with a move. You know what I mean? When no one else can really do it because it's that, sh- that sick. Mm-hmm. That's why I put it at 25. You're 25. Good call. I'm not even mad at that one. Uh, so number 25, uh, and I'm, I'm guessing you're going to hate this, but I, there's a reason that I think it's good and not the obvious one. Hell's Gate. Ooh, man, I forgot about Hell's Gate, to be honest with you. Completely forgot about Hell's Gate, and that's a really, really good move. It's a it's hmm. a Goga Plata. It's a legit UFC yeah. hold. I mean, it's it's a fucking... Wow, you see, that's or... funny, because now, now you got me going, all right, well, what about Brock Lesnar's... Uh, What's the arm bar that he does? Kimura. I almost put the Thank Kimura you. on there, but that was like that's like a one-off for him. He doesn't use that often. I almost feel like maybe we should do a submission move list one day because it yeah. kind of breaks things up a bit too. But in two weeks, we're doing submission specialists, so we'll get a chance to talk about some of those. Very good, very good. Number 24 for me. I didn't realize Sean Waltman has been doing it, but also Bob Backlund made it pretty famous, and he passed it on to Kurt Angle at one point too. And we're talking about the cross-faced chicken wing. I like that you put it in your honorable mention, that it did make it in there. I think it's it's one of those moves that once you're in it, it's hard to get out. It's hard to mm-hmm. maneuver. Um, Brett sold the shit out of it. That was one of the biggest things, obviously, with Survivor Series. I want to heart crying. I'm, I'm just a big fan of the move. And when done right, it's it's. I feel like you get a good pop for it. Not even used that much nowadays. No, it's not. Uh, you know, when they had Backlund helping out, uh, was it Darren Young? Um, yep. Yeah, they, uh, he started using it again. But, I mean, aside from that, it wasn't, uh, 
Yeah, not not uh, not used much at all. Well, it's funny. I started with uh, my number twenty-five was a submission. Your twenty-four was a submission. Uh, I've got a few submission moves in here, uh, including my number twenty-four. Not one you see a lot, so that's kind of why it's at the back end. But the lion tamer, man, mm. taking that Boston crab and you're basically just sitting on somebody's head. See, I didn't use it's a nasty crab. one. See, you're lucky I didn't make this a top fifty. This would been it would it would have actually made more senseless. But the problem is that yeah, uh, that's a good one. Um, my twenty three is I'm always gonna call it what I have it as the first name. I hated the yes sure. lock, the no lock, the label lock. It's a goddamn crippler crossface. It's crossface. You know what I mean? That's that's what it is. Um, love the move. Mm-hmm. Been used by a lot of great submission wrestlers like your. Daniel Bryan and obviously Chris Benoit, but still used to this day by a lot of guys wrestling. You know, it's it's a great move to slap on someone when they're trying to get to the ropes or you're trying to work their arm, things like that. It's just yep. very big fan of that move. 23 for you, sir. 23 for me, another submission move. It is the Texas Cloverleaf. Used by Rhea Ripley currently. Dean Malenko used it before. If you're going to have the figure four, or the Boston Crab, or the Lion Tamer, or Sharpshooter. I, the Cloverleaf belongs up there. It's a mix between a crab and a figure four, effectively. Now, if anybody knows crabs, it would be you. But let me tell you something. That, to me, is the same exact. <laughs> that's. I mean, come on. The Lion Tamer and uh, and that uh, the Texas Cloverleaf, pretty close. No. I know one's a leg over the difference. Yeah, that's like saying I mean, figure it's, it's, four it's and figure leverage. eight. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, Just because you're bridging your fucking back doesn't mean you're doing anything different. <laughs> well, then why do you Just have saying. the STFU as number one when you already have the cross? <laughs> <laughs> fucking love John Cena. <laughs> How crazy is that? That didn't make it in here. You know why? Because it's a goddamn fireman carry. Number 22 is our first, uh, well, no, I was going to say first off the top rope, but Eclipse took that one for me. But one of the very first popular ones that has gone on pretty much since Jeff Hardy ever shown it and, er, for the first time. And then now it's a move of the Bucks and several other high flyers, Swanton Bomb. It's a good one. Just win hit, win done right. You know, it's yeah. awesome. But you can put motherfucking toll on your back, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, my number 22 is the Kinshasa. Which is Solid basically movie. a running knee, correct? It's, it's a, yeah, the, it's similar to the Shining Wizard, yeah. So it would be a knee strike. And the reason that I have it on there specifically is the Kinshasa is, uh, regardless of what you think his run has been in WWE and New Japan, he was obviously, like, a major star, and that's what he put people down with. It looked good. It was effective. Man... I put this list together apparently too fast. <laughs> I have another honorable we'll mention. We're start aligning. We're gonna we're gonna start aligning. Don't worry. <laughs> I think I forgot one that's not on my list, and if you put it in there, good for you. But I gotta put it in right now as an honorable mention, man. Sister Abigail, great move. Uh, I I, I almost did. I almost did. Now he, obviously with Bray Wyatt, but you know who else does it very well is uh. Oh my God! It's a woman too. And it's not Alexa Bliss. It'll come to me. Uh, okay. Number 21. Punk does it. Kenta does it. 
go to sleep. Number 21, go to sleep. Really? <laughs> Aw, that's cute. All right, the number 20. One. I'm kind of surprised that you put this in honorable mention because it's a great heel move, especially if it you're is. a foreigner. The camel clutch. It's, it's, it's Slaughter. Well, if you, Iron if Sheik. What? <laughs> I mean, it's good if you're doing your thing and just speaking Arabic. <laughs> All kidding aside, this whole show is going to get censored. <laughs> uh, doing the creator wrestlers, uh, quite often I do go with the camel clutch as a finisher or signature. So I, I, I completely respect your, respect your it's opinion. Funny you say that. I go with the Boston Crab. Mm. Number 19, the curb stomp. 19? I mean, other than uh, Seth uh, Rollins you get, you gotta, doing you, it. You're going to let me do my number 20? I didn't care. I'm sorry, what's 20 for you? Well, because you already had it on your list. It's a swanton bomb. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Okay. Giving a little more oomph than I did. Fair enough. Number 19, curb stomp. Yeah, it's a solid Just fucking one, good it's... Foot to the head to the mat. I like it. It's brutal. It's so brutal that they had to stop doing it for a while. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is good. I, 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 uh, I definitely have it on my list. I'll leave it at that. But uh, definitely I'm surprised they use the name just all considering, you know, I mean, it, the brutality of what a real curb stomp is. If anybody's seen American History right. X, I'm like, I'm surprised they even use this name as they do. They could have just said head to mat and people would be like, OK, <laughs> well, no, they, they started calling it the stomp a while ago. Oh, they did. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. So they, they finally realized that it wasn't the best choice of words, but so be it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Number 19 for me. 19 for you. 19 for me, you're probably going to think, uh, well, obviously think it should be higher up on the list, and I completely respect that, uh, but it's the perfect plex. I gave it a little more, because it's kind of one of those ones that, I don't know why I put it as high as I did, but perfect plex comes up at some point from my list. But, I mean, it's it's, it's memorable. Nobody else did it. I mean, you know. That's why I love that move. Sorry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Any other, other well, the only other person I saw do it was uh, his son. Yeah, he did it in on Raw. That's it. Number eighteen. Again, I'm kind of surprised that you put that you put this in an honorable mention. But for me, one man did it, and when he slapped it on, you weren't getting out. Million Dollar Dream. It was just Joshua Hogan. Well, duh. But I mean, John Cena could have got out too. If <laughs> that was <the> case. <laughs> All right, man. What's your eighteen? Eighteen. Uh, one you already had on there. Crippler Crossface. Okay. So, I mean, we're, we're – look at our numbers can be off, but we're at least making oh, – yeah. you know. But I haven't forgotten anything, I don't think, crazy so far. But let's hope. Number 17 for me, made famous by Yokozuna, and I don't think anybody could really do it since – or has done it since – Bonsai Drop. Yeah. Uh, this is where I have the stomp. Okay. Not bad. 16, the flying elbow, basically, if you're going to call anybody's flying elbow, we're talking about Macho Man's. I mean, hell yeah! I don't think anybody else really won off of an elbow drop other than him, really, that I can think of. Yeah, no. Maybe, you know, maybe some territory stuff that, you know, we're not. Yeah, they, they don't. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. They... <laughs> oh, my turn. What do you got? Uh, number six, number 16. 
the one-winged angel. Ooh. Mark! <clears throat> I knew that was coming. Still a cool move, I'm over man. here wearing the Effective. fucking Bullet Club shirt, so whatever. <laughs> man. Number 15 for me, Mandible Claw. Put your fingers down his throat. Play with his uvula. Outstanding. You're welcome. Number 15, Scorpion Death Drop. Oh, Death Drop. I was like, what? Okay. Man, that's a. I, I actually did not put that on here. It's a good move. Can we scratch this and stop, and we'll do a, a top fifty next week? Right. I actually, actually, you know, another honorable mention: Dragon Sleeper. But yeah, you know, it's a good one. Yeah, because it's kind of like the Scorpion Death Drop. It'd be a great way to do the Death Drop, and then just hold it, and then pop right up to the Dragon Sleeper. All right, number fourteen for me. You mentioned it a little while ago that Rock is testing it out right now. It's the Rock Bottom. I would call it the Bookend, but I don't like Booker T. But not a lot of people. Do. I made sure that this week's logo was someone giving their finishing move to Booker T. You're welcome. There you go. Yeah, that was an easy choice. Uh, number fourteen. You. Uh, it was your number fifteen. The mandible claw. Okay. Number thirteen. Used by Seth Rollins, but mainly made famous by Triple H. The pedigree. Most best taken by uh, Marty something. That guy that landed directly on his heed. (laughs) Number 13. I understand why you had it in the honorable mentions. It's the sweet chin music, but I still had to put it there just because it was at one point an effective finisher. Kind of like. Yeah, if it stopped in 2002, absolutely. But then everybody knew how to put their foot in the air. <laughs> Number 12. One of the most non-kicked out finishers of all time, the Razor's Edge. Hells yes. Hells yes. Or the My Outsider's Edge, I think is they're calling it a Nitro. Oh, is that what they call it? Actually, I don't think I've think... ever heard them refer to it. I think they call it the Outsider's Edge. Huh. I'll have to pay attention to that one. Uh number 12, Macho's Flying Elbow. Nice. Nice. So we're, 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 we're matching up a little I told bit. You, we're Maybe starting number to line for number. Up here. I don't think you've forgotten any other ones. Number 11, Brock Lesnar's F5. Very good. I would have made this a lot better, but after watching Roman Reigns take 17 in a row and kick out every time, I'm like, well, this maneuver's going worse and worse. It's about to be <laughs> sweet chin music. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, this is where we kind of started aligning. Uh, my number 11 is the pedigree. Okay. All right. Number 10. It was done with, by Giant, Kane, Sid, Taker. It was a choke slam. If you're a big guy, seven feet tall, and your hand's big enough to wrap around someone's throat, you could probably do a choke slam, and that's probably going to be your move. Makes sense. I love it. It wasn't, yeah. oh, we saw it with the Giant. You know, Undertaker obviously yep. was using it. Kane used it. It was good for the big men. Still makes sense, especially when you can get somebody up there good. Uh, next few, uh, I'm not going to say much other than follow up your statement because I'm basically following you at this point. My number 10 is the F5. Ah, that's that's really funny. Oh, you're in my shadows. All right, number nine. <laughs> number nine. 
first famous person I will give for this is Goldberg. Second famous would be Edge, followed by the man who does it today, Roman Reigns, the spear. Very, it's funny, when you hit a spear and you hit it right, crowd will pop hard for that one, man. That's a that's a move that I always, I wish I could just do on one person once in my life, but my luck is that when I follow all the way through, my head is the first thing that's hitting the ground before their back does, because yep. I executed yep. too right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Number nine. Chokeslam. Ooh, you really are falling behind. Should we just stop having you come by? <laughs> Number eight. I would say Eddie Guerrero is probably my most favorite famous for this, followed by RVD, but depends on who you're talking to. It's a frog splash. Yeah, it's definitely a great move. Like you said, you got to get the right person, but Eddie and RVD both nailed it. Yep. Uh, number eight, the spear. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here this is hysterical all right number seven this one i know you're not following behind with this is where i gave kurt henning his perfect plex because it was also one of those moves that once it got put on you you didn't kick out yep. um i don't know why i gave it to seven because i feel like razor's edge could have been in number seven if that was the case too for a non-kick out thing i think seven really i don't think i should have put perfect plex here but i'm also not mad either your number seven. There you go. Uh, sharpshooter slash scorpion deathlock. Well, look at that. My number six was a sharpshooter <laughs> slash scorpion deathlock. That is pretty funny. I kind of get pissed off when I hear someone go, he's got the scorpion deathlock on him. Motherfucker, that is the sharpshooter. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, know who did it first. You know, I, I wasn't watching Sting back then. So my thing, uh, my understanding, it was definitely Sting. Okay. If he but was doing it back in 90, think, 90 or earlier, because Brett started doing it in 91 when he did it, he beat perfect at SummerSlam with it. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if, like, he necessarily learned it from Sting. I mean, his dad was but a But Brett's shooter, a better so wrestler something. than Sting anyway, so whatever. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Number What's your six? six? Razor's Edge. See what I mean? I really should have brought that in later. This is what this is yeah. why we're here. You could have just rewrote this, but it was funny for me to watch it oh, on no. the, the dock today and watch you judge. Number five. Woo! Don't matter if it's a four or an eight. It's a figure leg lock. There you go. Like yeah, I said, I don't care if you bridge your fucking back. To me, I don't think it's going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty Grabbing much. the rope really doesn't make much of a difference either. Nope. Um... Yeah, number five, power bomb. Number four for me is a power bomb. Look at that. I like a power bomb being done. It's uh, it, it certain guys right can do them slam. best. Yeah, and Diesel's always been one of my favorite. You know, Kevin Nash up until he dropped Giant on his head. Then I was like, ah, maybe let's not yeah. try it on everybody. He had some rough ones for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, since I just kind of spewed out my number four, your number four. Figure four leg lock. Okay. All right. All right. So I can see how that swap happened. So here we are, the final three. Do we match up at I mean, all? The, I was just going to say numbers one through three, we are in alignment. 100%. Good to know. All right. Number three, it was, Man, it's been going since 1990, but I don't think anybody's going to do it anymore, finally. But Undertaker's Tombstone. 
And if anybody could have done it as well as him, I would say would be Kane because he added the hard drop knee the way he would do the jump. But then Undertaker kind of took that on years later in life. But uh, the only other person who does the tomb or the, the tombstone nowadays is Kazuchika Okada. Okada, that's who I was just going to say, yeah. And he'll do the spinning one sometimes. Oh, that's true. You're right, so we will see it in, in good form. Cool. And it's great because when you see the tombstone happen by Okada, you know that camera is panning out. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> it is good shit. Number two. All right, number one and number two I went back and forth with because yeah. I went off of popularity, longevity, when you see it, what your pop is going to be like, and I gave number two to the stunner. Mm-hmm. Mainly Stone Cold Steve Austin's. I don't think, I think it's kind of, when you see Kevin Owens do it today, you're like, yay, that's cute. Yeah, You can do it, a leg drop, yeah. man. You might as well be the same thing. You're not the guy who did it. Not all moves can be replicated. That one can't. Nope. Funny that number one can, but number two can't. I think Austin's Stone Cold, or the Stone Cold Stunner was the way to go. Kevin Owens is meh. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I think number one's more important just because the the longevity. Uh, Diamond. Now. I mean, everybody always. Well, go ahead. Say it. Yep. No, I was just going to say, I mean, everybody. I think most people look at the stunners being the same as the diamond cutter, and it's not. Thank and you. And DDP, like when somebody says a cutter, they're pretty much referring to the diamond cutter. You know what I mean? It's like nobody mm-hmm. really does that move anybody anymore except for Randy, who just took it to the next level. They both did it in a way so, that made it stand out. Which is number one, RKO slash diamond cutter. Depending oh, sorry, on how you're doing it, <laughs> well, no, not technically, but there it is now. But depending on how you do it, how you pull it off, but not to be funny, not uh, just saying it cliche-wise, but how you do it out of nowhere. Randy wasn't just doing it out of nowhere. The way DDP does it out of nowhere, as we're seeing on Nitro all the time, has been just sick. Like he'll, Guys will just bounce off the rope and all of a sudden, bam, out of nowhere, or... He was doing uh, counters and, and hitting them off of, like, that, a guy yeah, who's about to do, best. like, an F5 and would hit it. Or, you know, that kind of move, right? And and when you get it, out of nowhere, it makes that finishing move that much more impactful because the crowd fucking pops every time. And it started with DDP. I'm surprised Orton has never even been like, yeah, yeah I kind of did it because of him. Just it was a move that he did on his own version. And when he did it his way, I mean... Some of my most notable out-of-nowhere moments were Matt Seidel's moonsault flipper shooting star press, and he countered that one. And the other one is Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Yeah. Off the curb stomp. That's number one. I feel like if I was Orton, I would have done the same exact thing, that movement. Like, oh, fuck yeah, did you? Oh, shit. Because <laughs> even he was like, we hit it to perfection. Cause yeah. yeah, they fucking nailed you, it. Well, Orton had to give all of his weight in the air to push up hard with his legs for Rollins to even have any momentum. But he had to push off of his back to jump in the air. That was a well-executed move, man. It was 
One you'll never. And I'm surprised they don't show that enough on on your WrestleMania reels. You know what I mean? That's great moment. But that's why I I think it took number one. Not think. That's why I took both of our number one because the longevity, the impact, the popularity, the pop you're gonna get from it. Overall, I mean, to be honest with you, goddamn, how many times have wow we should have a create a character hat trick? Um, <laughs> I use RKO probably nine times out of ten as either a finisher or a signature move. Yeah, agreed. I'll tend to do a signature move and then I'll go to the sharpshooter or a uh, Boston Crab. See, I got the I'll, most hate. Uh, I may not be able to play or edit this show right away. I think I'm going to go play some 2K after this game. <laughs> Good list. Look at I can see how we differed a little bit, but at least you weren't like, yo, you're serious? You put that in there? It wasn't right. horrible. We were on the same list. Even our the only thing I put in there that you didn't was Hogan's leg drop. Yeah. Pretty in much. the Warrior Press. Frog Splash. Actually I'm surprised you didn't put the DDT in there. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw you had it in your honorable mentions. I you know, I didn't need to throw it in there. You know, you know, another one that was great in the eighties was the Rude Awakening. But now, I mean, it's a neckbreaker yeah. that's just done in every match, and it sucks because right. when Rude hit it, and he did it with such a quick force, too. Mm. He was standing and then down drop. It wasn't like both guys, one, two, three, let's lay down. Rude hit it fast, kind of like an RKO out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, like a sit-out almost, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I miss those days, man. They used to always show that in the beginning of uh, Saturday night's main event when you would see like the quick flashes of guys. It was You'd always get a good shot of the Rude Awakening. And that's another thing I, I got to throw out there. Go back and watch your old Saturday Night Main Events uh, intros. The intro was about who was on the card. So your intro wasn't like Raw. It's your same video package every week, which Naomi and Sa- Sasha are out of, by the way. They're out of all video packages. <laughs> um, it wasn't that. It was So if tonight you're going to have Hogan versus Andre... They showed you three or four video quick little uh, moves of Hogan and then a couple quick moves of Andre. Okay, your next match is going to be Brain Busters versus Rockers. Here's a couple of Brain Busters. Here's a couple of Rockers. That's the way their their Saturday night main event video packages used to go, and I miss that. I wish Dynamite was like, tonight, Here's your. this is the video packages. Tonight, before you watch, you don't have to watch the same shit each week. Punk bleeding from Revolution, although I was there. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're back next week with more good shit because, that's right, NWA is going to be here with the good shit, and we will be back with a movie of the week, which we already kind of spoiled as it is. That's all right. It's nine and a half weeks, too. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I am the professor. As always, I bid you a farewell, while ODM will leave us with just one, two, three, that's right, four words. Flair, please don't wrestle. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia and ODM Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.
Just say, hey, keep this up. I'm going to go have another smoke. Oh, fuck. Go fuck yourself, dude. I have one issue. One. <laughs> God damn. Do I need to bring up the time that you trip balls? Yeah, no. I, I think about it often. Yeah. Can't forget one. shit like right. that. I don't care. Fuck it. There's, there's just a tiny bit of zzz here. And I can't figure out. Go have a smoke. Leave us recording. <laughs> have a smoke. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, you think Hurry for up. a musician who does this shit on the reg, you'd be pretty buttoned up. Yeah, but you know what I, I do? I adjust on the fly. I go, I got a four-hour show. <laughs> Fuck it. I, I'll figure it out by the by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. <laughs> Are you serious? You want me to go have a smoke while you figure this out? Hang on. Maybe not. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we at the Top of Wrestling would like to apologize for the unexpected interruption. We are experiencing technical difficulties and expect to return to our normally scheduled podcast momentarily. intro i'm gonna do a hit the music but it's gonna be for the amerks amerks uh, are advancing to the next round uh they've been on fire lately it's been craziness uh so in the past they used the song freeze frame for when they scored a goal you know what song i'm talking about the doom freeze framed yeah yep oh no wait no oh wait no that is never mind I was... no that's not what i thought of i oh, okay. had i had uh what is it the uh when he fucking died what's it george michael the song Dun, dun, oh, uh, jitterbug! That's what I was thinking, jitterbug. That's what I have in my head. Close, but, but I know what you mean off. now when you said freeze frame. I got it. I got it. Jesus. Two words. <laughs> oh my god.